Hey everyone, welcome to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry. And this is our podcast where we give you a behind the scenes look as we create a comic book. We're going to talk about TV, movies, comic books, and hopefully have a lot of guests, other writers, creators, and friends. Um, check us out at snarfcomics.com. You can check out our blog and follow along with everything we got going on. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snarf Comics. And please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Enjoy the episode. Here we are again, Christopher. All right, we're back. We are back in the saddle. Yeah. Thanks for coming. On an exciting <laughs> pre-Christmas day. So what I wanted to talk about right off the bat mm-hmm. with you is that, so this episode comes out the day after the new Star Wars movie. Ooh. So you guys. And we have like real good seats. You and I have seen it. We know what it is. We're going to talk about, we're giving you all a week and we're going to spoil the shit out of that movie because that's what we do. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to listen to it, then, you know, skip. We're like Dr. Manhattan where we live in the past, the present, and the future simultaneously. Yeah, we do. That's the cool thing about this podcast is that we're omnipresent. Yeah. But I'm really excited. It's seven days away from today. I posted a thing on our social media about it. Um, I'm nuts for this. I watched another uh, clip of it today. A guy that I was deployed with, John Erickson. Love you, bud. Um, he sent me like a clip of uh, like a clip that they've released, apparently, of the new movie. And it it's just about like Kylo Ren going into this like cave area and you the can cave hear, of wonders maybe it could be to the retrieve cave of a lamp it could be like it could be something like that wouldn't that be amazing Jafar's there <laughs> he if has, he like if they're, they like set up the storyline like he's got to go in this dark cave to like confront his something become a true sith and he goes in there it's <laughs> like <that laughs> tiger head i don't think that would there's be there's a flying carpet you would like you would like that because you're like a Disney guy. Yeah, if Will Smith popped out, it'd be great. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. That's so good. Really? Yeah, it's really good. Like for real? For real, real. All right, maybe I'll watch it. Is it on Disney Plus? <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't I, think so. I don't think so yet either, but I'll watch it when it comes out on Disney Plus. Yeah, I've pretty much abandoned Disney Plus except for Mandalorian at this point. Yeah, I basically have to. We watch it all the time because the boys... Well, I shouldn't say the boys. I should say Graham watches Disney movies constantly. We were watching Brave tonight. Oh, um, that's not one I've ever watched. It's not that great. I mean, I mean it's okay. Bits and pieces, but I've never watched it all the way through. And every time I have tried to watch it, there's something about it. Somebody's a bear. Her, her mom. Her mom's a bear. Yeah, she turns her mom into a bear. That's the only part I remember. Yeah, it's not. It's like not. Is very she, like uplifting. Is she whatsoever. super brave? I don't think so. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like she was brave at all. I felt she like she was like, uh, very much a coward. Yeah. In throughout the whole thing. That's big words. Well, I'm gonna see Merida in about a month and a half. I'm gonna call tell her, her a coward. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call her a coward. Give her, her a face. sticker. Give her a snarf talk yeah. sticker and say, "Listen to episode 54," and we call you a coward. Yeah. Up top. 
give her a high five. <laughs> she's going to be like, I'm a, I'm a 19-year-old college student. Yeah, she's like, I'm getting paid twelve fifty. I don't care. <laughs> but uh, what was I? I don't even remember what I was getting at. Oh, the Star Wars thing. So yeah. this clip was of him going into this like cave. He's hearing voices, uh, and it was multiple different uh, people. So like Darth Vader's voice, uh, his dad's voice, Palpatine's voice, which it was Palpatine. It is Palpatine, um, or the emperor in this cave. And he's like, he says like, I've been the voice in your head this entire time. And it's just amazing. Hmm. Like, yeah, I've seen that one, but. Oh, I'll send it to you because it's, it's like nuts. It's, Uh, it shows a bunch of different stuff that goes on in the movie, but, um, that one clip of him like hearing all these voices and like looking around that tells me, this is what it tells me. He's going to switch because he's going to like switch over to Ray's side and fight the dark side. No doubt about that. Because he realizes that he's been being used by someone, Listen, which is the he, empire. He has emperor. An, an, a, a character arc. Yes. And it led him to kill his father. And he hasn't fully regretted that decision yet. Yeah. And he will. And that's what will bring him back to the light side. Exactly. Because he's going to be, he's going to realize at that moment how much he's been used by somebody else for no purpose other than their personal gain. Yeah. Nothing for him. Well, before that, he had felt that he was used by Luke. Yes, that's true. And he's going to probably come to the realization that that was not true. Well, was it? I think maybe it was. Don't I think we'll see some resolution Luke. there. Don't talk down on I think my we'll guy see Luke. Luke in this and we'll see some resolution there. I agree. And I also think Baby Yoda's involved. No, I don't. Yes. Think so. How how can you bring in a Baby Yoda in Mandalorian? It's too late. Right? That movie's been done for in the can since before Mandalorian came you out. You don't think they plan this crap? Not that closely. I, I do. Well, then why do you bring in a Baby Yoda that is before any of these movies are set? Do you think that Baby Yoda is actually Yoda? Like reincarnated? No. no. Why? Why? No, it's impossible. Maybe that species does that. Maybe that's just there's just two of them, and they no, just. I think that's a ridiculous thing. Like, there's no way. Okay. No, it's. What if there's a timey wimey thing involved? Well. Don't start with the Doctor like the Who stuff. Force time dimensional jumps. Maybe. I, I guess I don't know. I shouldn't tell you you're wrong. I think it's ridiculous, but I think it's a separate Yoda Here's species a question. thing. And I think he's going to tie into this last movie. I think they did talk to each other. John Favreau and uh, what's his name? J.J. Abrams, Abrams did this. And they talked to each other about it. And knew what they were going to do. Here's a question I got. Is um, So in The Last Jedi, uh, Luke uses a uh, known power called force projection. Correct. Right? That's like basically what kills him. Yeah, but I don't think I don't, it does. I don't think he's dead. But is that a dark side power? I thought it was. projection. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. I'll have to look into that. I guess I didn't even think about that. There's a really good book. Have, I, I seen some uh, pictures from it online. I, I kind of want to get it. And it's like a, it's like the Jedi or force handbook that has all the powers, but in it is like notes from like Ahsoka or like notes from like Anakin Skywalker. Like it's like, really? a, like it's a textbook that they use in their school. Yeah. And it'll be like Anakin Skywalker on a note on something like I could pay, maybe use this in this situation. Or it'll be like Ahsoka, wow. like, oh, just like Master uh, Skywalker did in blah, 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 blah. It's kind of cool. 
And What's it has it like theory. I can't remember. Oh, I think it's like the Force Jedi Force Handbook or something. I don't know. That makes sense. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. So that looks really good. It just gets me like so much more excited for the movie, even though I was already excited and I'm in the bag and they can take all my money. I don't care. Mm-hmm. They could all lay on a beach and talk to each other and I'm going to pay to watch it. I'd pay it. more for that. Yeah, I kind of would too. I mean, they kind of did that in Rogue One and it was great. Did you hear the story about how um, the guy who plays uh, Finn, what's his name? Uh, something Bodega. Yeah, John Boyega. Boyega. Yeah, not Bodega. Um, <laughs> Bodega, dude. Yeah, Bodega, John Bodega. Uh, he, did you hear about how he lost his script and they put it online? No. You didn't? Uh-uh. He had a script to the movie, obviously, the entire script, the first script that he got. He left it under his bed in like a hotel or, was it a hotel or like a hostel overseas? Like he left it under some, a bed of some sort that people had access to and they stole it. Yeah. And, and put it online. And, it, and magically he had a. A Swiss bank account that got $10 million deposited <laughs> yeah, into it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but it was put online and they had to take it down. Like Disney went in and found it and took it all down. How does that even work? I don't know, but it was online for long enough to where Reddit got a hold of it and was like throwing up copies all over so the place. So it's all over. So you could read it right now if you wanted to. You could look it up and find it. Yeah. Ooh, I don't want to do that. I have not done it. it when I heard about it, I was like, hmm, did you hear the big controversy with Daisy Ridley? No. She was asked by a reporter if she felt she dealt with fame differently from her co-stars because of her white privilege. Yes. Okay. I I heard something about it. I didn't read and into it. She was but... just like thrown off by the question. She's like, uh, no. Yeah. And then I, the internet blew up. Right. And didn't she respond with like the like boy John Boyega? Yeah. Like, grew up the exact same way that I did, or has the exact same like privilege that, that I do. Something like that. That's what I saw in the headline. Yeah, something along those lines. People why were would mad. they do that? Like, why do people do that? Well, Jerry, people are dumb. Yeah. People want the ridiculous story. They want some sort of dramatic... The gotcha. Yeah. They want a gotcha moment. And they think that telling her she has white privilege would be that moment when she's obviously not the only white actor. There are people of color and every race basically... There are aliens in Star Wars. I, <laughs> I think it's interesting, though, because I, I think it's funny. I think I'm guessing they caught off guard a British actress there. Yeah. And she's like, what is What are they doing in America now? What now? <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> she found out real quick. Oh, man. That's what people are doing in America. It's funny. Uh, speaking of this, if uh, if you're listening to this, it was a couple weeks ago that we had the Christmas school Christmas program. Oh, yeah. And they always have a amazing auction. <laughs> Yes. my favorite auctioneer in the world. Yeah. And he had just the best joke in the world at the beginning of that auction. The snowflake thing. <laughs> they did. were auctioning off a bunch of snowflakes, like wooden snowflakes with like toys and stuff attached Gift to them. cards and different and he's things. he's like, I can't say I've ever auctioned off a snowflake before. I've met a bunch of them. Yeah. He's like, I do know a bunch of them, but I've never auctioned them off before. I was cracking up. Me and Amy were dying. It. Oh my God. It was pretty good. I, I took a bunch of Snapchats of that because yes, I was I like, I was like, what did you, you buy? Uh, nothing. What did you oh, buy? Oh, you cheap, cheap <laughs> bastard who doesn't support our children or our schools. Okay. Well, first off, who bought the, the snowflake? Was it you personally? 
Yes. Was it iTrees or was it Harford Farms? It was me personally. Mm, be serious. I'm serious. I had cash in my wallet. Well, you're richer than I am. <laughs> That's what it is. How does your white privilege feel, Chris? Uh, good, I guess. <laughs> what did you get for that? Um, movie tickets. It's got like $35 gift card to the movie theater. It's got an AMC bucket, but we never go to AMC movie theaters. Where is an AMC movie theater? Well, Morris. That's an AMC? Yeah, Morris. I thought it was GKC. Not anymore. Oh. It hasn't been GKC since like we were in high school. But, okay. <laughs> and it was Carmike, and now it's AMC. Oh, all right. Uh, there's AMC in Naperville and New Lenox. Nobody goes to those. Well, Plainfield. Well, you would go to New Lenox. We go to the Plainfield that... one all the time. You do? It's, not, it's actually Naperville, but it's not in Naperville. It's like right north of downtown Plainfield. Oh. What's... uh? The New Lenox one is the one with the IMAX, right? Yeah, but so does the Naperville one, Plainfield one. Oh, I didn't know that. Never been to any of those. It's a better one. It's good. Which the one? New Lenox one's kind of meh. Oh, it is? Yeah. I, I thought like all IMAX was like the sheet. Um. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's all good. They just don't keep the... It's just an older, more rundown movie theater, I feel like. Oh. Well, it's Plainfield. You know, Plainfield's... No, that's the good one. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, Plainfield's the uppity people. Especially, yeah, for sure. Naperville, Plainfield. Yeah. So, Jerry, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but we got a little thing called patreon.com slash snarf comics. What's that? That is a a website Uh that you can go to that you can subscribe to support our show and get a bunch of sweet, awesome content. You can. Yeah, like bonus podcasts. Like Snarfioki? Uh yeah. Like Fourth Reich script pages? Absolutely. Cause it just so happens I put up page two and page three. And to get those, you have to go there and subscribe. And by doing that, you get a bunch of great stuff that's worth way more than you're paying, but you're also supporting the show at the same time. Correct. So head on over to Snarf Comics. Wait, Patreon.com <laughs> slash Snarf Comics. That would be great if you could. It is a very good thing for you guys to support us because we can do so much more with the podcast, with our comic book, with... And we do have a bunch anything. of people supporting us now, and we got a bunch of amazing stuff planned. We have eight patrons. Yeah. Um, right now. Add time over. Wait, let me see. Did we get any new? Yeah, we got nine now, I think. Nope. No, we have eight. Okay. Um, Jerry, I want to talk about a little thing that stretches my springs. Oh boy, what is it? This is a doozy. All right. So what I want to talk about is the worst subset of humanity. (laughs) Jeez. The most vile, villainous people that you can ever (laughs) be associated with. This is this is bad. This is the the this is the worst of the worst right here. Mm-hmm. And if you want to find out if you're one of these people, I just want you to get up off of your couch. Get up off of that floor. <laughs> walk to every bathroom in your house and look bathrooms. next to the toilet and see if there's a plunger there. Oh, yeah. Okay. And if there isn't, you're one of these vile people. Really? That I'm speaking of. Hmm. And it stretches my springs. Why? Like if you don't have a plunger next If you don't have a plunger in your bathroom. I mean, I have a plunger in my bathroom. 
but it's not next it to the toilet. It doesn't have to be next to your toilet. It just okay. has to be in your bathroom. Because a lot of people don't put them visibly. Fine. But you have to have a plunger in a bathroom. I agree. There is people out there, Jerry, that don't keep plungers in their bathrooms. Why? Because they're terrible people. But, okay, here's, can I just ask a question real quick? Why? Have you had a situation where you needed a plunger in someone else's bathroom and it wasn't available? Absolutely. You've never been in that situation? <laughs> no. I guarantee you the majority of people listening to this podcast have been in that situation. What kind of demon did you have come out of you? Sometimes that, stuff clogs, man. <laughs> so you've clogged multiple people's toilets and needed a That's plunger. That's happened many times in my life, yeah. Wow. That's some serious... What do you take, like, tiny little rabbit poops? Some serious shit. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you plug a toilet, and when you're at somebody else's house and they don't have a plunger in their bathroom, they're not good people. They don't care about you. They don't, they're don't. they sociopaths, really, is what they are. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can get behind this, Chris. I agree. No, I agree with you that you need a plunger in your bathroom all the time. I just don't think... If you want to keep it under your sink or something, that's fine, too. I mean, I'm a small man, so I don't think I plug toilets as often as you. It depends on the quality of the toilet. <laughs> it, does, it very much does. I have, a a, lot of I have some coolers in my house. They never plug. You can't of, plug those things. Well, here's the deal. A lot of low-quality toilets have the porcelain inside the bowl and just in the neck a little bit, but the rest of the neck, so it's like a... Uh, for the YouTube watchers, I'll give you like some hand gestures. It's like a gooseneck, so it goes like this, yeah, and down, you know, and then it comes back up, and like it literally makes like seven S's before it goes down a tube. It's not seven, but it's close. Um, and those aren't porcelain lined; they'll be like rough. Yeah, that's a problem. That that's what clogs you. Yeah, that's what clogs you up. Cheap toilets and no plungers. That's that's my what stretches the, my springs, Jerry. Yeah, the uh, the you know the high dollar toilets, porcelain lined all the way through that. That's right. Next system, Kohler. I, I don't even know what mine are. Make a good toilet at Kohler. They do. They make a lot of good things. So we had a I, I had a bit of a disservice. Okay. To our fans, to myself, to anyone that listens to the podcast, basically. Um. We did the holiday. Is this a snarf corrections? It kind of is. It's a correction on myself. Okay. Not necessarily you. I mean, you have your own opinions on things. Me personally, we did the holiday um, episode a few weeks ago, and I did not put a movie on there that I should have. A person brought it up to me and said that this is absolutely a holiday movie that should be on any of your lists. As soon as it was told to me, I realized I made a mistake. What's that? It is a movie called Grumpy Old Men. I love that movie. It's a great movie. I don't know that I put it on my list. Though. Is I, that even a Christmas movie? Yes, absolutely. It's around Christmas. They're decorating for Christmas. It's in yeah. the wintertime. Yes, I don't remember that. They put frozen fish in each other's trucks. I I watched the Grumpy Old Men when I was a kid. Oh yeah, constantly. I remember I it was watching one of the funniest movies. Grumpier in, Old Men a lot more. Yes, I did too. But they're both Christmas movies. They're all set in the wintertime because they ice fish like crazy. Is Walter Matthau still alive? I don't believe so. And who was the other guy? Jack Lemmon. Jack Lemmon. Yes, Jack Lemmon died too. Yeah, he's definitely not alive. 
Walter Matthau died before Jack Lemmon. And then the the grandpa, he the was Jack longer. Lemmon's dad, was alive longer, but he uh, he was... Um, he died in 2000, man. Who did? Walter Matthau. Wow. Jack Lemmon. And then, but the guy who uh, who was Jack Lemon's dad, the guy who ate bacon, I eat bacon for lunch. That guy was great. I eat bacon for breakfast. I eat bacon for lunch, and I usually drink my dinner. Um, he was uh, the he was Mick in Rocky. He oh was yeah, like the side, like the the coach. Yeah, that's right. Where he said, "Hit him in the jugular, the jugular." Yeah, his name isn't Mickey. Mickey. Yeah, well, they call it. He's like, hey, Mick. Okay. It's brisk, baby. That's what he used to tell Mick. <laughs> it's brisk, baby. But uh, I should have I put it on my personal top 10 holiday films because I loved it so much. I completely. You know who that was? Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith, yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. But I, I should have put it on my top 10. I screwed up. It's a phenomenal movie. I don't loved it. Think you need to and kill I yourself f- over it. I, I mean, feel like it's a disservice, and I need to bring it up. He died so. in 1996. Burgess Meredith. 96. Yep. So he. When did Jack Lemmon die? 2001. Oh, so he outlived his dad. That's yeah. good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> uh, that's all. That's all I got for my disservices. Okay, that's my fine. Corrections. That's not, it's not too bad. I wouldn't put it in my top ten. So. That's fine. I said and, you and have not, your own opinion. And not because I don't love grumpy old men. I do. I think it should have been in my top ten. I do. But I just don't think of it as a Christmas movie. It, I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying to me, I don't think of it as a Christmas yeah. movie. Well, you're Plus, an idiot. Um, I have had other people tell me that they agree that A Muppet Christmas Carol is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Amazingly enough. Really, and I told them that um, I was pretty much people. um, uh, Jason Serino, Hmm. he didn't tell me, but he put it on Facebook that it was the best movie of all time, and I agree with him. He's it's the best movie of all time. Christmas movie. Oh, okay. (laughs) Christmas movie. I don't agree. Well, agree to disagree. I've never been a huge Muppet fan, and I feel like the Jason Segel. Uh, like remake. I yeah, I wasn't was a great not that. good. Yeah. No, I mean, I, like I, I don't Muppets. think it was bad, but I, I didn't think it was the best. What about like the Muppets Take Manhattan? That, yeah, that's good. That was a pretty that's good movie. Pretty good. I I do like that one a lot. Animals always been one of my favorites, just because he's ridiculous. What about Beaker? Um, Beaker for sure. There was a guy that I used to work with. We all called Beaker. Me, he doesn't know that. Me me me. Yeah, I can't because do he it. was like me me me. Uh, you know Burgess Meredith um, of Grumpy Old Men. You realize that's the Penguin, right? From yeah, Batman from the original okay. Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Or the '69 Batman with uh, Adam 66. West. '66. '66. That's right. Adam West and um, what's the guy who played uh, Robin? Burt Ward. Yes. Burt who Ward. now makes dog food? He does. Yeah, he's a dog food company. Why wouldn't you do that? He's you really know? into dogs, like sustainable dog food. Okay. So like meat and corn? No, just like meat. Just meat. It's like against grains well, for dogs. Turns out most veterinarians would tell you that dogs eat grains and other vegetation. They do, actually. And it's absolutely ridiculous to say that they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Because they are omnivores. They are omnivores. That's true. They yeah. eat a lot of vegetables. 
I found that out from a my, lot of tubers from my soon to be sister-in-law thinks it's absolutely ridiculous that uh, people would say they don't eat grains because they do yeah. like vegetables are very good for dogs. Yeah. Especially sweet potatoes, but don't give them grapes. Grapes are bad for dogs that will kill them. Will they, kill them? If you give them too many, it, it gives them renal fail, failure. So it'll like attack their kidneys. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Don't give them grapes. It's really bad. Cause Gary was like feeding grapes to Butch, the, their dog. And she found out about it and she's like, absolutely do not do that again. <laughs> like that's bad for your dog. So now he's on like great patrol. Oh. <laughs> he really is. He literally like goes around telling people like, don't feed your dogs grapes. It's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and he used to have those grapevines by the shop, tore them all out so that Butch wow. wouldn't eat the grapes. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Um, a lot of trailers came out this week. Are we on to the news? We're the trailer def- news? Yeah, we're definitely on the trailer news. I don't know about a lot. I know about one. Uh, two. Okay. Well, yeah, two. Two solid uh, trailers came out that I have to talk about. Okay. The first one being Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, I just saw that. Yeah, it's really good. So can I just give you my opinion of it real yes, quick? Yes, for sure. I guess. Do that. Um, so I... All right, 1984, I get it. Like, malls are a big the thing. The year of my birth, Jerry. It is. It is the year of your birth. This movie might be about me. Turns out, so YouTube viewers uh, chime in, but did you know Chris is only three years older than me? Like, that's unbelievable. Uh, anyway, so Hilarious. it shows you, this trailer shows you what it's like to have Wonder Woman in a mall. Yeah. Fight people in a mall. A lot of mall. A lot of mall stuff. Um, but I just feel like there's like an enormous spoiler in this trailer to throw out good old, and I'm going to tell you, but it's the trailer. So anybody can watch it to throw out Steve Trevor right off the bat in the trailer. I think that was established though, way before this trailer. How? It wasn't in the last movie. They said he was going to be one of the main characters. Like, well, a long time ago. they For this movie, they yes, did? yeah. Well, I don't think it's really hip. Oh, that, that's an interesting. It could I, be. I think it's a clone, like some sort of a clone of him by the bad guy that you see in the trailer. Because you see him like standing in that thing spinning around with his arms up, and there's like a blue light spinning around him. I think he clones himself as Steve Trevor to be close to Wonder Woman to make her do what he wants her to do. To like enact his own stuff. Ooh, interesting. That's what I think. We also I don't, don't think it's any, really Steve uh, Trevor. We don't see any cheetah. She's in it though. Is that her name, Cheetah? Or is yeah, Cheetar. Cheetar. No, that was from uh, Thundercats. <laughs> I don't but, know. But uh, uh, yeah, Cheetah is a is a bad person, and yeah. I read a thing about that where. They were saying that uh, Wonder Woman goes like on an archaeological dig during this movie, and they find this thing because, of course, uh, yeah, uh, right, of course she does. Well, she's like a she's like a historian. Oh, that's true. She's like an archaeologist, right? Yeah, or like a paleontologist, I anthropologist, think she's a historian, or so, something. I, there's a better word for it than historian. But that's a actual profession. Uh, no. <laughs> Yes, it is. There's like sports historians. A historian's like, like somebody that works in a library. 
she does work in a library. Maybe the library of man. Or maybe a library of Congress. That's a thing. Anyway, I don't think it's, I think it's all fake. Don't believe trailers. That's what I've always said. I haven't always said that. I've said that for like the last two episodes. Don't believe trailers. They're misleading. They do it on purpose to build a certain thing. And then once you get in the movie, they're like, well, bam, something different. And you're like, whoa, M. Night Shyamalan. No, that's not who made this movie. M. Night Shyamalan, a ding dong. <laughs> yeah. That's not who made the movie at all. Yeah. It's the other uh, lady. What's her name? I don't know. I don't know her name, but I thought the trailer looked amazing. It does look very good, though. I thought There's it a lot of super crazy cool stuff. and the fight action looks amazing. I think it sounds super fun. The soundtrack sounds amazing. And I think it looks better than the first one, which I thought was a very mediocre movie. I would say the f- the first half was really good, and the first two thirds, maybe, yeah. The last third, or like, because there's like a three story, or uh, what's it called, uh, three act structure. Three, yeah, that's what like I was trying a, to like say. Every story in the history yes, of mankind, a three act structure. That's why I was saying like two thirds of that story is good until the last third where it gets really dark and ridiculous. Um, the very first Wonder Woman was the best DC movie that I had seen for a, a time. Wow. What comes better than that? Um, I think maybe... um, DC movie. Think DC movie. You're not counting the Batman movies, the Nolan movies? No, that's a different... That's a whole different tier, man. What was the first one? Man of Steel? Yeah, I guess so. That was pretty good. Yeah, I think Wonder Woman was better. Yeah, I don't know. She's running across like No Man's Land... That was cool. Just like, just doing this with her arms, you know? Yeah. No, I'll give it to you, man. I'm excited. It's pretty good. But this one looks really good. She I, looks I like, like the whole, like, we're doing it period time thing. They yeah. don't do enough in the 80s. I would agree. Stranger Things. She looks very confident in her ability in this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, she she's has a Wonder different Woman. suit. She has this different suit with wings on the back. It's like a gold suit um, with a helmet. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why she has that. I think she has to go back and protect her people. Oh. Like in the the one place. Yeah. That makes Whatever sense. Whatever that's called. I can't remember. Well, I'm excited. I don't know when that comes out, but I'm seeing it. Um, It's next year sometime. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters, but. June 5th. June 5th. 2020. Okay. I believe. I'm in. The next trailer I want to talk about. Yeah, there's, um, there's another one that was way more interesting to me. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes, that is true. That is what it's called. So this looks, again, don't believe trailers. I'm just telling you. But it looks to be a little more serious. Yeah. Like a serious take on Ghostbusters and like a kid adventure movie. I think it looks more serious and more supernatural and more um, spooky, but in like an accessible way. But a kid adventure movie. But are you forgetting that the original Ghostbusters was also like pretty um, like supernaturally. Obviously, it was a supernatural, but it was. Oh, yeah. Like it was pretty scary. Like for kids. Yeah, absolutely it was. I, I did go back and watch it. Like and I both had, of them, the first and the second one. They weren't like just goofy comedies. I completely agree. Um, I th- but they're, I think they're taking more of a point of like thriller 
Yeah, this looks you know like I mean? more of a thriller. It's interesting the direction they're going. I'm not going to jump and start hating on it, which I know there will no. be. I haven't heard a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people have thought, if they're like me, they've thought, you know what? Cool. I'm glad they're like taking this in a different direction. Yeah, absolutely. That's, and I really like, obviously, Paul Rudd is the best. I was just going to say, the kid from Stranger Things. Yeah, and Finn Wolfhard. I mean, that's his name, Jerry. That's his name? Yeah. I didn't know yes. that. Holy crap. Yeah, it's like Finn Wolfhard or something like that. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, he wolfs hard, man. Holy cow, I wish I could wolf hard. <laughs> but Paul Rudd, anything you put Paul Rudd in, take my money. I love Paul Rudd. I love everything he does. I don't care what... I don't care what the trailer looked like. I'm going to watch something with Paul Rudd in it. Luckily, this trailer looked really good yeah. to me. I liked how they find the old the old uh, Ecto-1. Yeah. And like he pulls the sheet off in a old barn. It says Ecto-1. He starts driving it around randomly. Apparently, it starts right away, and you have all the gas in the world. That's pretty insane. Um, Seeing as how the shelf life of gasoline is about six months. Yes, and absolutely. Then that's about it. And that's it, yeah. And the shelf life of an unmaintained battery is about six months as six well. Six months, yeah. So there's no way that that thing would start. I agree, and I think that's a flaw. They but it should. could be run by proton. And, protons. But wait, to be fair, to be fair... Uh, <laughs> well, dude's not here. I have to do it. Um, th- this is a trailer, so he could be working on it in the meantime. That's I, I don't true. know. Uh, but they do drive it around all crazy. Um, but it looks like a child, like a kid adventure movie where they start doing things. And we know for a fact that a lot of the original cast comes back. So, Although Bill, we don't see any. We don't see any in is the Is that trailer. Bill Murray narrating, though? Uh, I don't remember. I can't remember either. But I know Bill Murray comes back. Yeah. I know uh, Dan Aykroyd comes back. And if they don't bring Harold Ramis back as a ghost. (laughs) From the dead. What are they they doing? Like as a CGI ghost? But it's all based around uh, Peter Vankman. So it's his grandkid. How do you know that? It says it in the trailer. Like she pulls open. She starts talking about her grandpa. Like my grandpa. I assumed it was uh, Harold I thought it was Egon's. Or no, I thought the shirt said Vankman. Oh, I don't know. When she pulled open the like the suits, it said Vankman on there. Huh. I thought. I could be wrong. Maybe it is Egon. Well, anyway. It would make sense because Harold Ramis is dead and like you would do it after your yeah. dead grandpa. But I, when she pulled the like the Ghostbuster suit open, I thought it said Vankman right there. Well, um anyway, I think it looks amazing. Uh or I shouldn't say amazing. It looks interesting. Very interesting. And I'm glad they're yeah. taking it into a different direction. And I'm excited to see how it goes. It doesn't look like it's going to be the same type of comedy that the first two were, which is fine. I mean, and honestly, do you think Zool is apparent again? I think it is. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because you see the legs. Yeah, of, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. But it's totally fine. First of all, I think it's going to be a lot funnier than they make it look in the trailer i agree um there's paul just, rudd can't yeah. not be funny i think they're trying to i honestly i think they're trying to go for that like stranger things vibe i completely agree in the it, trailer it but i don't like think that. the movie is probably a very much like that i honestly i hope it is yeah it's crazy I love stranger things and i and i think 
I think David Harborough does a really good job of being like somewhat comedy relief in yeah. Stranger Things. And I think they could have Paul Rudd as that character. Well, there's lots of comedy in Stranger Things. Yeah, and I think they could have Paul Rudd as that character, though, Yeah. Uh, in this movie and make certain things like awkward and funny while also being like dark and demonized. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a lot they could do with it. And sometimes I forget when I think about Ghostbusters, I'm like, oh, it's not that old. No, it of is. A movie. It's really old of this movie. And I forget that I'm old. So there's like a lot of what, people, um, a lot of kids that have no idea. So they would look at it fresh from me like that was a million years ago. What year did that come out? Like the original the 80s, Ghostbusters. right? Yeah, it was like 82, maybe 1984 Ghostbusters. It could be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. But it, it is more, it's like way more scarier than I thought. So I remember going back and watching it. I think Grady was little, but I started watching it. And I was like, Grady, you're going to love this movie. And we started watching it. It did come like, out in 1984. Yeah. June I knew, 7th. I knew that. June 7th, 1984. <laughs> of course it did. 1989 for the second one. So there was a, quite a gap. Five-year gap. More than that. No, oh, five years. You're right. Four plus five. <sighs> Just simple math. You're an idiot. Um, came out right after Scrooged. Man, he had a lot. Of yeah, movies come out in Stripes. the 80s. Stripes. Well, Caddyshack. Like, that was in the 70s, right? Was it? Yeah, I think so. No. I think so. I thought it was like 80, 81. So, so he, let's either dance. Either way. What? So let's dance. Never mind. 1980, Caddyshack. That's what I thought. I thought it was like 80, 81. Anyway, no, I think it looks really cool. I'm excited. Dude had a lot of movies come out. Bill Murray had a lot of movies come out in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, he was a What superstar. was Groundhog Day? Um, that's in the 90s. Got to be. 93. Um, 92. When did Groundhog Day come out? 92, I guess, right now. When was Andy McDowell dun, dun, popular? Dun, 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 1993. I told you. Yeah, I said, oh, man, that's probably one of the best movies ever made. Groundhog Day. I don't agree with you. It's it, very good. It's okay. Anyway. Um, Next news. I can't wait for the Ghostbusters movie. I'm super either. excited for it, and I'm glad that they're I'm not striking sure. off in a new direction. I know it's 2020. I just I'm, I don't know when it actually comes out. I'm just, I think it's in the summer. Okay. It's going to make all the money. I think it'll be... Uh, I think it'll be a billion-dollar movie. Really? Yeah. Really? Absolutely. Yep. I mean, is a, a billion-dollar movie out of reach for anything anymore? Um, well, anything that's genre and franchise, no. That's what I mean. Like, I think... It's, out, it's definitely out of reach for movies that aren't genre movies or aren't franchise movies. I mean, Joker came out of genre nowhere. franchise. Yeah, but it was so independent and Doesn't different. matter. That's the thing. So? It doesn't matter. That's the formula. Gosh, I feel like it did matter for that one. It was rated R. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy that that made so much money. And I know <laughs> yeah. Wonder Woman will make a billion dollars. So Yeah, Wonder Woman will. But it, Ghostbusters hasn't been apparent for a long time. So doesn't um, matter. I don't know. How much money do you think the last Ghostbusters movie made? The one that was come, uh, a farce? Which I actually didn't think it was that bad of a movie. I've never, I've never seen it. Um, I'm gonna say 280 million. 
Um, two total? No, yeah. I made way more than that. You think so? Um, 2016 Ghostbusters. I don't think it did that well. Box. 500 million? Mm, I'd give it 500 million. 229 million total worldwide. Huh. So my 280 yeah, was you're uh, right there. an overshot. Yeah. That production budget of 144, they made their money back. They made of. money back, but not much. No. Not, not by much. the time you figure in marketing and yeah, stuff like that. The other thing about box office you got to understand is it, that they make very little of the worldwide it, sales. A lot of that stays overseas. And then also like half of that goes to like the theaters. Right. They, they like a, split their ticket. Yeah, stuff. pretty so serious percentage. You got to make like a billion dollars to make any money on a $250,000 budget movie. $250 million movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. not 1000 Then you make a, a lot of money. A $250,000 movie, you could make a killing making $280 like, million. Yeah, it wasn't Solo like a $250 million movie because they made it twice. Yes. and But it made like $500 million, but it still lost a and ton of money. And it was lost. Yeah. It's considered like the biggest loss that Disney made. But for guess what? They made a ton of money on... What does it matter? Those people... They don't count when they figure that. They don't count promotional... So like McDonald's cups. Right. And they don't count toys. And they don't count licensing. Exactly. T-shirts. They're making. You know, they make everything on licensing. And what does it matter if one movie doesn't do as well for Disney? Yeah. Or you Lucas, don't have to hit a home run every time. Like every other movie you've ever made has literally made, literally made a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. And you've made it for 180 to $200 million. And then you made... 800 million on top of that. Yeah. So sure your marketing costs maybe be might be like another 100 million. Oh, so you're down to 700 million you've just made. <laughs> and then again, like you said, you didn't take into promotional like marketing like all of the stuff that you can make money off of. It made uh 392 million. What did? Solo. Yeah, that's not very good. For yeah. for a Disney movie, isn't that crazy? Here's another thing. This is like off the wall, but I was thinking about it earlier this week and I wanted to bring it up. This is like a, this is a sports topic Ooh, real quick. I like Just, it. I know we're jumping all over the place, but that's what this episode's going to be because we're talking about money and there have been two signings this week in baseball where people have been signed for $350 and $324 million dollars. For one was for seven years and one was for nine years. It's not all guaranteed, though. I understand that. But when we're talking about signing one person to pitch a ball, <laughs> to throw a ball, what is it? How far is the mound away? 65 feet? I don't know. I think it's 65 feet, 90? 68 feet. 90 feet to first base. Okay. It's closer than that. But e What's either the hypotenuse? Way, I, I've been wondering that for years. Um, <laughs> Is that an equilibrium? Stop it. They're throwing a ball as fast as they can, as best as they can, as accurate as they can. I know they're better than everyone at it doing their job. But we're talking almost 500 million. No, I think one guy got $500 million. We're close to $500 million. For someone to play less than 10 years for a certain team, and they're going to give them that money. Like and one, I, one I day a week. 
Exactly. So they broke it down on uh, 670 The Score. That's a Chicago AM radio station that we that I listen to. And they were talking about Garrett Cole. He got signed to the New York Yankees for $324 million for nine him. years. He played for the Astros. He's a very good pitcher. But <clears throat> he's got to really do They were saying me. that for if you took last year's stats, he's going to get paid like it'd be like uh, it was like $11,000 per start. No, it was more than that. It was like $1,100 per strike, like $1,500 per ball. Like they broke it down into that type of thing and saying like how much money he would make throughout his next nine years. And it's just unbelievable to me that people are getting paid this to play a game. And I want people to play this game. I want to have the best players available to each team. But when we talk about Amazon spending $500 million to get the rights to Lord of the Rings and to produce a show that we all want to watch, like I thought that was astronomical. Now we're talking about one single person getting paid that amount of money. Who could to, be on a losing team. Yeah, to not do anything next year. He could blow out his shoulder in the very first game or in preseason. <clears throat> yeah. And never play a single game next year, but he's going to get paid that amount of money for the next nine years. He could be junk. Yeah, and that's crazy too. You think about it because people like freak out if a movie costs like $200 million to make. But there's like thousands of people working on that movie for like three years. Right. Thousands. Thousands. And we're talking about one. Maybe tens of thousands of people. I don't know if that's that many, you think? There's a lot of people, but you're right. Not tens of thousands. No. But there's definitely thousands. Yes, I completely agree with you with that. Like you watch the end of a movie now. If you stay to the end credits, you'll see a whole list of babies that were born during the production of a movie. And usually there's like 50 babies. And we're talking about one person getting paid this amount of money to play a game. Yeah. I just, I don't know if, I, I don't think sports are going in the right direction with that kind of money. Sometimes I think about the fact that like how much money there is, like how much money and like how little money, like everybody that you know makes comparatively. When you consider the fact that it, billions of dollars are just being thrown away on stupid shit all right. the time. So it says, yeah, former Pirates pitcher, pitcher Garrett Cole has signed a record nine-year, $324 million contract with New York Yankees. Um, he's going to make an average roughly of $35 million per year for the next nine seasons. Like, I just think that's ridiculous yeah for a guy who starts once every five days yeah but whatever man i don't know obviously just, they're making their money back they or they wouldn't do it be i doing get it. it and again like i want to have really good talent in major league baseball and basketball and football whatever we watch like i want to have that talent there and i understand with inflation and the way the world's going like for the united states anyways but you like, can put in a salary cap other sports do it exactly, and the and baseball has not done that. And I think it's a problem because there's a luxury tax for each team. I think that's it. I think there should be um, a salary. What what has a salary cap? Right? Does basketball? No, football does. Right? Football. Yeah. I like the idea of a salary cap because what it does is take small market teams and make them more able to compete. 
Although that hasn't really happened in football very well. No. So obviously it doesn't so work great, but anyway, you got more news? Um, yeah, I got a bunch more. That was a tangent I went on just because I started talking about money and I wanted to bring that up. Money, 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 money. So think about that the next time you think about like uh, how much money you make, you know, and then just think about these people you watch on TV playing a game that you thought was a joke in school. Yeah. And these guys are doing it better than you, like 10 times better than you, and making 97 times more money than you are. Well, you know what? That's ridiculous for a game. Anyway, and I love the game. Yeah. Jerry, you know, Jerry's sole pro redistribution of wealth. Love the game. That he just wants it all to be taken away and spread amongst the people. Right. I mean, I don't think baseball players should be paid $350 million for nine years. I don't. It's the free market, man. I get it. I'm He's just obviously saying. worth it or he wouldn't get paid it. Not No. I mean. Nobody's forcing somebody to pay him that. I understand that. The but market is dictating that he be paid that. And that's only because each baseball team has so much money available to them. Why do they have so much money? Because of how much they charge for a freaking hot dog. But they still sell out. beer. Or but any there's of a that demand stuff. for that stuff there, and people are paying it willingly, right? The White Sox don't sell out, and they still have all that money. The White Sox are terrible. They're not, though. They're not. Well, They're then, coming up this then year. Then they buddy. should win. Well, I mean, if they had, yeah, they will win. Okay. Coming up pretty soon. Then it's not an issue. I mean, the Cubs are talking about getting rid of Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. That's stupid. Yeah, that is dumb. Anyway, next news. We're not a sports we're not a sports podcast. Nope. I could talk about that for a while, but we're not a sports podcast. Next series finale Silicon Valley. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. I did watch the series finale of it Silicon Valley. It happened last Sunday. It did. A What's show that I've been watching for six, six years, years. Yeah. and absolutely love. What's your take? I thought it was absolutely terrible. I hated it. I hated every second of it. It drives me crazy. It ruined the entire show. And if that's really the end of that show, shame for shame. For shame. For shame. Shame. So I didn't think shame. it I didn't think it shame. was shame. I didn't think it was a terrible take to make it somewhat in the future. Like I kind of liked seeing them in the future. I don't care about that. It was just first of all, it wasn't funny. Yeah, it was super out of character for the show in general. It made yeah. no sense. The characters weren't even on brand for what the characters are. Yeah, and guess what? It's not cool or edgy or hip to take everything and end it on a shitty note. It's exactly. not. No, guess what? It's not. it's not. It just fucking ruins it for everybody so here, that put six years into watching something. So here's. A note that I put down is that, like, I loved the show as a whole. Like, I loved that show as a whole, like the whole show. But, but it, it only it works. It always if- felt like it was trying to reach a certain peak and never got there. Like, it never peaked and never got to where it needed to be. It was always trying to be somewhere and then it would drop. Yeah. And then it was trying to, it was like, oh, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there. And then it would drop. And that's, but it always ended every season on a high note. Somewhat. Pretty much. Yeah, somewhat. And then this season, it just was like climbing somewhere and never got there. It just ended flat. It was completely flat. 
everyone loses and it it just it didn't seem right to me. Right. The only thing that seemed right to me was that Gilfoyle and Dinesh ended up directly next to each other and still hating each other, but yet loving each other. You yeah, know what I mean, like, that's fine. And there was a s- that was the things only like that, thing, whatever. But it just was really, really, really disappointing. Yeah. And um, it felt rushed. Like it felt like a rushed, rushed ending. and and off brand. That's what put me off on it. Yeah, just completely off brand because. Like you said, that that show is all about failure, right? That's the joke of it. They're always failing. But right. in the end, they're always kind of having these successes that end it. And to like like freak things happen to where they have success and they're like, oh, well, we can build off that. And then this season, it just was like, nope, you all are terrible. Yeah. Like, why did I watch six seasons of this? It for everything to fail. I just I don't get it. it spoilers, was, by the way. Oh, yeah. Lots of spoilers here. <laughs> um, it sours me on the whole experience, to be honest. Me too. It was very, very disappointing. I, th- I thought there was going to be some major breakthrough. I was breakthrough. so excited for it. Yep. I was too. And even the style in which they made it was weird. Completely out of character for the show. I get that they were trying to do a documentary style yeah. thing and make it like a post log. It, and I even if you did, okay. I didn't hate that part of it. I didn't hate that it was a post log. I hated the fact that they were all so miserable and like, and didn't get anywhere. You know what I mean? Like the, uh, uh, what's his name? Thomas Middleditch. Yeah. Uh, he's literally working in a Gavin Belson right. university. I don't think that's funny. It would be fun. No, it, it would be fine. Okay, if they made that show the way it did, but the last 15 minutes of the show were 10 years later, them figuring out how to fix it. How to fix, yeah, I agree. That would have been fine. Like, it didn't have to end on a down note. And, you know, and then I started looking at reviews and everybody's, like, talking about how, like, interesting and cool it was that they did that. And I'm like, what? Really? What is I didn't look at anything wrong with then. you people? No, I thought it was terrible. It, it was really disappointing. Yeah, I was not happy with it. But the series as a whole, I would still tell people to watch it. I would absolutely say, like, watch the first five seasons, at least, because which would then lead you to watching the sixth. But it's good. The first season blows all of them out of the water, I think. Yeah. The very first season, I think, is the very best one. It's the best when um, T.J. Miller's in it. Correct. The first what three seasons? But or so. he ruined his own career. So. Yeah. <laughs> did do you know about him? No. Like what he did? Uh. Uh-uh. So first off, like he was apparently he was very hard to work with. Apparently on set, I've heard that with yeah. Silicon Valley, he was showing up very drunk and high and not doing the things he needed to do. And he like tried to save himself, saying like he uh, he was going to the comedy store in L.A. and he was going on the road and doing his stand-up comedy routine all the time, working constantly, sleeping like three hours, and then coming to shoot the show. The problem was he was like drinking though too. Right. So he was saying he was working too much and others were saying like, you may be working too much, but you're also coming like super drunk (laughs) to film this show. And then he would just smoke a bunch of weed to try to like offset that. And it wasn't working out for him. But the big thing that he did was he was on a bus, either a bus or a train, and he called in a bomb threat. 
Why? And he claims he thought a lady had something in her bag, but it wasn't. Um, and everybody on the vehicle that he was on, I can't, like I said, I can't remember if it was a bus or a train, uh, claims that he was like overly drunk and drinking on the train. And they're like, he was being super belligerent. Somebody kept telling him to leave him alone. And he said, I'll show you. And then got on the phone <laughs> and called in a bomb threat and then has been investigated ever since. Oh, wow. And it like ruined him huh. because of that. That was like two years ago, or it was like three years ago. Like whenever the show ended, that it was because of that. Huh. And because um, he was on a podcast right after that, talking about how he quit that show because like his movie career was blowing up. Basically, I mean, he's in Deadpool one and two. Right. He already filmed those though, oh, and really? then he did that bomb threat thing, and then. It all went downhill for him. Well. And he's kind of been blackballed since then. I'm sure he'll make a return. Uh, let's see. What do I want to move on to next for news? There, uh, There's a movie coming out relatively soon called Uncut Gems. Okay. Have you heard of this? No. You haven't? No. You need to watch the trailer. Watch the trailer for Uncut Gems. It's an Adam Sandler movie. Okay. But it's... It's not like any Adam Sandler movie you've probably seen before. So he's literally like a uh, diamond salesman kind of, or like a jewelry salesman, but he like buys and sells jewels. That's why it's called the uncut gems, but uh, Kevin Garnett's in it. Like he's Kevin he, Garnett. Yeah. And he's like a main Does he character. play a Garnett? No, he stone? plays, he plays himself. Cause that's a stone, but right? I think that's, yeah, it is a Garnet. Yeah. Garnet. I think. Is that how you, say it yeah he's in it but apparently he does a very good job but uh what if the, all the what if all the actors were named had gem names like donnie as uh <laughs> what's the what's the donnie emerald donnie, donnie emerald and uh joanna pearl billy diamond <laughs> yeah uh margot ruby kind of timmy topaz <laughs> Um, Alan Aquamarine. <laughs> I like I like Alan Aquamarine. Alan Aquamarine. He's like was, one of my favorites, dude. He was legit an Aquaman. Yeah, you want to see some acting? Yeah, talk to Mister Aquamarine. Yeah, for sure. That guy and well, Margot Ruby. He'll act till he's blue in the face. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, Uncut Gems says uh, came out and like the first viewings have happened before it comes out into theaters. Is, for, like, I'm assuming it's a Netflix movie, right? It is a Netflix movie, but apparently because he's got to deal with Netflix, right? Critics and fans alike are saying it's the best movie Adam Sandler's ever done in his life. Nice, and it it's something like out of character for him. It's very serious, but he's like a thug. He's like this like thug guy, and when I first saw. Like when I first saw like pictures of it and little snips like of the movie, I was like, well, this looks absolutely ridiculous. Then I watched the trailer and I was like, hmm, maybe it's okay. Like even the trailer didn't really sell me on it, but everything I keep hearing sounds very, very good. Hmm. So I'm pretty intrigued. Like that's what's got me intrigued. I'm normally not intrigued by what critics say, but as soon as they said like, other fans that got up like a uh, uh, what do they call that like a, a screening screening yeah 
like a before screening, they've all said best thing Adam Sandler's ever done. Really? We should do a top 10 Adam Sandler movie. So sometime. I would, I would do that. Cause I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Adam. I've Sandler. always been a huge fan of Adam Sandler. My brother used to always get the Adam Sandler CDs. Oh yeah. They're all going to laugh at you. Yes. They're all going to laugh at you. And I used to, he used to play that even he, he's eight years older than me. And he used to play that stuff. Like when I was in high school, and when I was getting ready for like homecoming and whatnot, he'd be like, they're all going to laugh at you. Like, all right, John, come on, man. <laughs> but like all of that stuff I listened and to. The reality the is they all did laugh at you. And they did. And then I was their king. I was never a king, but I was a prince. Um, but, you know, the best Adam Sandler movie of all time, just spoilers for the top 10. It's definitely that one where he goes to Africa. What? The one where they're in Africa. Which one's that? It was meant to be a joke because it's not good, but never mind. Which one? Mixed, blended, something like that? I don't think I ever saw it. <laughs> Blender? Is it oh, that's uh, the Drew Barrymore one? No. Is it Drew Barrymore or is it Jennifer Aniston? Oh, Jennifer Aniston. It's Jennifer Aniston. I never I saw it. it's Drew Barrymore. I think it's blended and I think it's Drew Barrymore. Yeah, that's what I thought. She's been in a lot of movies with him. She has 50 First Dates. That's a good one. Yeah, The Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer is a phenomenal movie. My favorite callback to The Wedding Singer was The Goldbergs. Oh, yeah, that was the great. The Goldbergs had a whole episode. And they integrated it like in. They had to pay a shitload of money to have that done. They had to have paid somebody to Oh, do yeah, that. for sure. To have it literally tied into The Wedding Singer on the same flight. But the whole move throughout the whole episode. That's like the best episode of that show of all time. You know what I just found out too, or just figured out? I watched uh, Nacho Libre again. Nacho! (laughs) So it's a ridiculous movie, but Grady's been so into wrestling lately. I like that movie. That I was like, you need to watch this. So he was watching Nacho Libre. He thought it was hilarious, was laughing constantly. But the kid who plays Nacho in the very beginning of the movie, the first like 15 minutes of the movie, is uh, the one Goldberg kid with the froey head, uh, the older brother. Oh, yeah. What's Barry? his name? Barry. Barry Goldberg. Really? That's him. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. He was the little kid in Nacho Libre, and then he's the big kid in Goldberg's. Oh. I thought that was fun. I've been watching the Goldberg's this season. I learned, It's just a good, it's a good show. It's, it's so a good, good shut off your brain show. And it's funny. It's funny. It's like so funny. And it's emotionally good. And yeah. Like, it's upbeat. It's a great show. I love it. So, uh, next news. I've still got, let's see, one, two, three, like a few things to talk about. Okay. Um, This is a quick one, though. I love Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. I mean, who doesn't really love Keanu Reeves? They're making a new uh, Bill and Ted movie. They are. Yeah. But they're also making The Matrix 4. Oh, yeah. And they're making John Wick 4. Wow. And did you know that... The Matrix 4 and John Wick 4 are set to come out on the exact same day in 2021. That's not going to happen, but awesome. As of right now. That's a long ways away. I know. As of right now, they have both released their release date for May 21st, 2021. I I hope they call it Matrix Re-Reloaded. It would be Re-Re-Reloaded. Why? Because it's the fourth one. Well, but only one of them was called Matrix Reloaded. I know, but you have to skip the other one and go Reloaded. What an out-of-characteristic name for that franchise. Reloaded? Yeah. 
it's just very like yeah. action movie e, and that franchise was like very um it you know action what? movie e. I guess, but I, I felt like it was a little deeper than that. Well, I guess it is. The storyline's deeper than that, but the movie itself is an action movie. Mm, nah, sci-fi. Yeah. But, I mean, they started the whole, like, 360 camera thing where they're, like, lean back and the bullets go over them. Bullet, That's true. Bullet time. Bullet time. But did they start that, or did the video game Max Payne start that? No, Matrix came out before Max, Max Payne. That's a great game, though. That was a great game. It is. The movie's not so good. Oh, I never saw it. Oh, yeah, I did see it. It's got Mark Wahlberg in it. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. It's not that good. I need to work on a Mark Wahlberg impression so I can do it in the future yeah. all the time. Hey, say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> Better oh, than that. Hey, hey there, Snake. Have you ever seen the Saturday Night Live? No. Where uh, Andy Samberg does Mark Wahlberg? No. And he oh, goes to a farm, yeah. like a petting zoo. And he's like, hey, goat, how you doing? Nice to see you. All right. Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> like every single person he talks to, he's like, all right, say hello to your mother for me. And then he ends up talking to Mark Wahlberg. And I don't know. That's funny. So anytime anybody's ever talked about Mark Wahlberg or I think of him, I say, <laughs> All right, say hello, mother, for me. I was watching uh, some Saturday Night Live stuff the other day because uh, Will Ferrell was on there. Did you see that episode? So I didn't see the whole episode. I only saw the monologue. It's the monologue is great though. Yeah, the monologue with Ryan Reynolds. Yes, I didn't get it at first. I was like, why are they doing? That's a big trailer we never talked about. Ryan Reynolds' new movie, Free Game, Free Guy, Free, Free Man, Free Guy. Free guy. Yeah, free guy. Okay. Where he's, a, he's an NPC video game character. Yeah, it's a Taika Waititi movie. I uh, love Taika Waititi. I, you know, it looked fun. Dumb. I don't think it looked dumb. It just looked fine, fun, action movie. I don't think it was going to blow anything. No, it does not look in- intriguing to me, like at all. I-, I was intrigued by like hearing about it, and then I watched the trailer. You're like, meh. Yeah, it doesn't pull me in. I agree. All right, what else you got? Because I got a, I got some what we're watching, and we're going to do a movie review. Come on, do we even have time for that? Now? Yeah, we've got plenty of time. What where, where are we at? We're all, we're at an hour and six minutes. Okay. Um, so we've talked about the Batman movie a bunch, right? The new one, Matt Reeves Batman with uh, Robert Pattinson. There has been um a couple like new act like actors apparently. Um, in this movie that I was not aware of. I just kind of stumbled upon it when I was reading about the new movie because uh, production has started now and they are filming. And But there are still people that are in talks of being in the movie. So they have started production, but I don't know if that means they're, they're filming scenes or if people are just like getting ready for it. I don't know what that means, but there are still multiple people in talks like... Um, Matthew McConaughey is still in talks to be like Two-Face. That's oh, yeah. in talks. But another guy, Peter Sarsgaard. Yep. He's also in talks of being Harvey Dent. Okay. So He'd be a good one. He was like in the Salton Sea, Jarhead, Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Like he was in, if you look at his IMDb, he's in like 49 movies. Something he's like one that. of those guys like you recognize him when you see him. He was born, I just read tonight, he was born on Scott Air Force Base in Illinois. In Southern Illinois, really? Yeah, um, but the one. So yeah, he he was a. Uh, when does this movie come out? Twenty twenty one. 
Oh, is it that far off? Yes. Yes, it okay. is. It's not this coming up here. Um, but yeah, he was in talks about Harvey Dent. So I don't know if I want a Matthew McConaughey as Harvey Dent. I don't. How many villains do we need to have? Well, so but that's another Peter thing. Peter's like, Sarsgaard would be a much better Harvey Dent. Than I think Matthew so. McConaughey. I don't need Matthew McConaughey to be in this. I was excited about it. I'm a big I fan of him. Heard, but I when I heard him. his name, I was excited about it. But once I saw this guy um, as at, like in talks for it, I was. Is this a real movie poster they have out for it? Or is it no, fake? No, it's okay. fake. Um, they haven't come out with anything. The They came out with... the What caught my eye about this article is that they came out with the working title, like the the filming title of the movie, which they're just calling Vengeance. No, um, don't need that. No, that's not like what it's going to be out as. Like when they film, it's called Vengeance. Oh, okay. So they're using that as like a you know fake movie title. Um, but a lot of people are saying that it could be... We've talked about it before as... It could be the Long Halloween, yeah. which has multiple different uh, villains in that book, but they're also saying that it could be the storyline that is close to Arkham Asylum. That would be cool. They're too. saying that Batman. They're saying that some of this movie is going to have Batman in Arkham Asylum itself. So maybe that's why we see a lot of villains. They're not necessarily main characters. They might be something that you see in Arkham Asylum and not. Uh, throughout the world or throughout the movie. Right. Um, another guy that is is guaranteed to be in the film, has already signed on, that I didn't know about, is John Turturro. That's a big name. He's a very, yeah. very good actor. Playing uh, Carmine Falcone. Yes. Did you know that already? Yeah. Or you're looking it up? I, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's playing Carmine Falcone, and I thought, that's a really good poll. Um, not that... The character itself is whatever. It's been in, uh, like, Batman Begins. But I just really like John Turturro. He's a really good actor. There are rumors, too, that uh, Joe Manganiello could be making an appearance as Deathstroke. Good. Because he was teased at the end of yes Batman vs. Superman. One of those movies. Or Justice League? No. Yeah, Justice League. Was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justice League. So, uh, I don't know. It's intriguing. It's not coming out for like two years. So we got some time and we're going to speculate like a shitload more in the next two years. But um, I don't know. I'm, I, that's the only thing I have to hold on to right now in the way of Batman. So <laughs> in I'm going to continue to talk about After it. After the disappointment of Hush. Ugh. <sighs> Gosh, they could have done a lot better with that. What? And it's a animated movie. I thought it was good if you've never read Hush. That's the thing. Like, it's a very good movie if you don't know the story and don't care or don't want that story. Uh, yeah, you're right. But then why even... It goes back to, like, why even read the the book then? Right. Like, that's what it's all based off of is this book. It's a comic book. Especially that, because so it's, it's so not particular like, to a comic book that's very particular. Exactly. And it's not like we're asking you to go read a 700-page novel. Right. Like, it's a, sm- a relatively small graphic novel. That you could read in, you know, an hour. Yeah. Like at the longest, right? Like hour and a half, maybe. I don't know. Um, take the time to read the book and then watch the movie if you want. But if you watch the movie, I would say you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't read the book because yeah, completely it's different. better. I don't know. Um, 
That's all I got for news. All right. Um, I got some stuff I've been watching. Do you want to do yes. talk about that? Yes, I do. Um, I mentioned these briefly in the last episode, but we were running long, so I didn't get a lot of time to talk about them. Right. Um, the first one being uh, His Dark Materials. Oh, man. I still haven't started that. On HBO. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. It's not anything like I'm crazy about. You started talking about uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah. about not being that great of an actor. Well, I let's be fair. To be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, he just came in on the show. He's not like he's not in there from the beginning. He comes in about halfway through the season. Okay. Um, the first two episodes, he just kind of plays it very cheesy, um, which is partially the character, but partially the acting. I feel like he's a like a clockmaker or a like a chimney sweep. Um, similar. He's like a he's a guy that flies a balloon. Oh, okay. He's uh, but it's in the same vein as yeah. a clockmaker and a chimney sweep. <laughs> okay, like... He's very steampunky. Okay, That's he's like a steampunk avionautic. What do they call him? An avi an avionauticer or something? I don't know. Okay, um, it's an interesting show for somebody that's never read any of the books, which are very popular. Right, I haven't either. Um, it's definitely something that's very interesting, different, new. Obviously, if you've read the books, it's not new. But I did watch the movie, The Golden Compass, which this is. Um, I did. I based did on watch the same source well. material, but I feel like this is a lot better, and it's really good. Like I'm enjoying it a lot. I definitely in the bag for it. Um, I like what they're doing with it. There's a lot of twists and turns and interesting elements to it. So I would definitely highly recommend it as a show. Um, pretty much for anybody. I think it's pretty easily uh, digestible. It's on HBO. Yes. Um, the other big one I've been watching, which I've mentioned several times and I talked about a little bit, um, is what I think is the best show on TV right now, and that's uh, Watchmen on HBO. So I've been catching up with that. Oh, you Please did? don't spot, spoil anything. I'm Catching up in the way of, like, I had to go back and watch episode four again because I fell asleep during it, so I just watched that. And then last night I watched episode five. Which one's five? Uh, it's the uh, mirror. Uh, what's it? A looking glass? A looking glass, Oh, my God, yeah. you haven't got... Six and seven are the best ones. So They're unbelievable. Right. You keep saying that, and I keep trying to work towards it, but I just... It's hard to do. And, and then there's been eight, which I watched last night, and then that nine's the last one. There's nine. Oh, okay. The, the season finale. And that's Sunday? It's Sunday, this Sunday. So I'm not that far behind. So this last one, um, eight, is also... Unbelievably good. Golly. Seven, unbelievably good. Uh, first of all, episode six, which I've talked about. And, and it, in previous episodes, I've got the numbering wrong. Because um, you're on five, right? I'm on five, yeah. Okay, number six is the one that I meant to say that's the flashback episode that I think is one of the best episodes. Right, of because Tele- five is not a flashback. It is. Well, I mean, I guess to a point it is, but it's not like what you were talking there about. There is a whole bunch of flashback episodes going on in Watchmen. Right. Five, six, nine, eight. They're all flashback episodes. But uh, six in particular, I think, um, not only will win awards, but I think it's one of the best episodes of a television show ever made. Yeah. Um, it's super novel in how they do time travel or to do the flashback thing, which I've read some stuff um, actually that, that the mechanism by which they achieve that is actually borrowed from some other source material which okay. i wasn't aware of um doesn't matter still feels fresh um yeah 
very fresh. And then the episode itself is amazing. The acting, the nuance, the the message. The the production of this, you can tell, isn't like an HBO. Oh yeah, you know, style show because they've got all the money to do whatever they want to oh, do. Yeah. But um, the way it's put together is really, really good. Yeah, like it's just put together really well. I hope and people are watching it because it's it's you got to get through the first two episodes. Yeah, because the third one does change a little bit. The fourth one makes it a lot better. The, the third one changes the game. First of all, it, it changes does. the entire show. It does. I don't know why exactly they started this the way it did, yeah, other than it, it gives you a little bit of backstory into these characters, but quickly. And the great thing about this show think, so far is that like you don't need a lot of exposition. Well, and I think I think they were trying to set up some sort of like big scandal right off the bat with the with the chief you know, yeah. a police and whatnot. Like, well, that gets dealt with later. I'm sure it does. I'm just saying, like, I think they were trying to set up as like this big, like, oh man, like, like a gotcha moment. Don Johnson's dead. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, In the first episode. But I don't know. It, I didn't really take it as that. I was like, there's so much more to this than that guy. Mm -hmm. Right off the bat, you can feel like, I want to know what's happened. Like, why did these squid just fall all over? Yeah. That's what I want to find out about. You, you know? will. And you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I knew about it previously because like at the end of the Watchmen comic book. Yeah, but you didn't know the details that they released in this movie. No, show. I didn't. But it's not surprising to me that Squid were involved with the Watchmen show. Yeah. Because of the end of the comic book. Anyway, um, I really like the act actress that plays like uh, the what's it called? Night Sister Night. Is that what it is? Sister Night? Regina King? Yeah, she's good. Well, yeah. She's like in everything. She's really she's good. She's been around forever. I loved she's the great, scene. Yeah. I can't I think it was in episode three where uh she's talking. You know what I'm gonna talk about? Like um I, I mentioned this scene to you earlier. We talked about it on the show. Did we? Where she's with uh the the FBI detective in yeah. the cave like in the mausoleum. Yes. And then, yeah, and then I, she's I told like, you that and you laughed at me. Really? Yeah. Cause she's like, Ooh. yes, that's what she does. She's like, oh. yeah. That, like after this whole, big I made spiel. a whole big spiel about that. When Alex was on, I'm like, it's unbelievable. Like that part, that scene. Oh yeah. Well, maybe I made fun of you just because that's what I do. But once I saw it, holy crap, it's, like, that's it's so good. good. It's really <laughs> yeah. good because it's this whole big spiel of her going through all this stuff. And then there's like this slight pause. And then she's like, oh, yeah. like, oh, you scare me. I don't know. And she dumps like the, the way, coffee out. Yeah. The it's way incredible. she does that, like, holy shit. And then from there on out, like the tone First of, of all, everything changes. I've never seen anything like that done yeah. in a movie on screen. It's and it's really a good. little tiny thing, but I've never seen anything like it that. Doesn't, it doesn't change like it doesn't what, change anything. anything. It's just the way they acted it. But it's it just they take expectation and just... Flip, flip it. it yeah and they do that so much in this show and that's what makes it great so um you got six coming up um yep best uh one of the best episodes of television in the history of television i believe um seven uh is second best episode no it's also a really really good episode and then has a massive twist massive twist okay and then eight just it, <laughs> it also just changes the game 
massively. All leading up to the season finale. Yeah, which is number nine. And uh, what I love about this show is that also it 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 um, doesn't tr- it just gives the viewer so much credit. It doesn't try and retread any territory. It doesn't sit there and say like, no, we're going to spoon feed you what the Watchmen's about, what these characters are about. Because spoilers, later on, a lot of the characters from the book are involved in... Which is in good the sh- in the show. I was hoping they would be because, but they in, don't really. It, the they do it in a novel way, right? They do it in a way that is like secondary, right? They talk about characters that have been involved as the Watchmen before, and like uh, that that woman. Um, I can't remember her name. Is it Sandra? Sandra something? Like the FBI agent? Oh, uh, well, she was Silk Spectre. I can't remember. No. That was her name, yeah. Silk Spectre too. Two. Yeah, she's her the mom. One. Her mom was Silk Spectre. Yeah, she. But, but she was raped. She was raped by the comedian yeah, to make, make her Silk Spectre. Two. Two. Right. Yeah. From okay. like, if you watch the Zack Snyder movie, it's played by Malin uh, Ackerman, right? Malin Ackerman, yeah, uh, something like that. She's Silk Spectre, though. No, she's Silk Spectre too. She is. Isn't she? No. Oh, okay. I thought she was just Silk Spectre because the comedian was alive at that time. Mm, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the comedian and Silk Spectre got together and ended up making her, but yeah. it, like as an illegitimate child and, she, you know, she was raped. I'm not um, crazy about her, to be honest, but whatever. I'm, I'm not either. I'm really not either. I feel like she's way too off-putting yes. when she knows, like... She knows the deal. She knows what like vigilanteism is about. No, that, she knows she definitely about, like, plays Silk Spectre too. I know that's what we said. Malin Ackerman. Oh, she does. Yeah. Oh. I think that they bring that up. Yeah, I think you're right. In the beginning of the in yeah, the because beginning she's of the movie like dating Doctor Manhattan. Yes. In that movie. Yeah, you're right. And they talk like she's got a problem with the comedian. Yes. Yep. And they, I think that's like a big part of it. It's brought up because the beginning Lori of the show. Jupiter. But the, in this, I think she's like Lori Blake, maybe? Blake, yeah. yes. But uh, in, in the movie, other movies, she's Lori Jupiter. I tell you what, that Malin Ackerman, she's something to look at. Yeah. Tall drink true. of water, that lady. Um, but yeah, so, and then when, it's just so good, guys. You got to watch it. And I, my it, randomly, like my sister and my brother-in-law just... I I didn't even say anything to about it. They just started watching it. It's because they listen to the Snarf Talk no, uh, podcast so. all the time. They love it. They love that show. And they know it's nothing of The Watchmen. So Amy got intrigued with it the other night when I was watching um, episode four. She was watching it with me. She had happened to stay up. She doesn't stay up very late, which I don't blame her. She does a lot of work. Um, she just can't stay up late. And I want her to. And by late, I mean like past the kids going to sleep. Right. But uh, I want her to stay up and watch these shows because I know she'll like them. And she saw the first like 35 minutes of one of the episodes and no, probably like 40 minutes. And she was like, she's like, what's that lady doing? Well, it was episode four because it was the the weird lady, uh, Tao. Oh, yeah. She was like taking the house from those people. That's a good scene. That's crazy. And she's like, I'm going to give you this child and it's genetically yours. So crazy. She's like, in, if you don't take this offer in the next 30 seconds, we'll have to terminate the baby. 
Yeah. She's like, I'm just kidding. We won't. We'll give it to somebody else. But it's like the way she delivers. But you totally that stuff, believe like, that. Oh she, my they would gosh! Do, yeah. Like I feel like you are going to do that. But uh, there's she nothing was, like this show. I've not seen anything like this show ever. She was. That's what's so great. Watching about it. this, and she's like, "That lady's an alien." She's like, "She has to be an alien." She's like, "What's going on here?" I was like, I don't know how to explain this to you other than you have to watch the well, very first show. Well, first of all, show. you don't even know what's going on. Exactly. There. And that's what I told her. I said, like, I don't even know who this lady is. Like, this is the first time I'm seeing her. Like, I don't I don't know what's going on. So she had so many questions, but she needs to go back and watch this because I know she'll like it yeah. a lot. I, I think uh, <clears throat> it's just refreshing to see something so different. Yeah. And... I know that later on it gets a little more familiar and it's obviously based on IP that a lot of people are familiar with, but it's something different than ever what's been on television before. There's really mm-hmm. nothing I can think of that's like even in the same lost. realm of it is not is lost. It, it's made a lot like lost. Isn't that who isn't yes, the guy who made lost? It's Dame Lindelof who made lost. Yeah. And it is formulaically a lot like lost because it's, it's only like because a series it's the same creator like i feel like if you and i were to but make the episodes are a lot of flashbacks that are on particular characters just yes. like lost that's what lost was yes and at the end of this show there's a smoke monster yeah <laughs> the thing that's different about this and Lo- this and lost is um whenever they had those flashback character episodes it was infuriating to me because i wanted the, the story to move forward yeah but like but this he's one... managed to do a better job of not having you feel that a and b interweaving the past flashbacks into, into moving the story forward right which he also didn't lost too but it's I'd done better here i, I didn't if you can believe it i really didn't watch lost oh i did i definitely did i loved lost but this is a better show than lost by far oh well, yeah by far i i do love the fact and you had brought it up a couple episodes ago about uh it was episode three where he uh he put the the title of the episode is if you don't like this write your own show yeah something like that yeah like if you don't like this write your own story I think. Yeah. yeah i thought that was hilarious oh yeah it's like it's like a straight middle finger to anybody that doesn't that would like criticize the show i'm sure yeah and and it was highly criticized the first couple episodes oh came yeah out. The, yeah i mean people hated it and i don't know that it's I funny though because it's like he pre- he absolutely predicted that it was it was done on yes it was predicted i believe it was predicted isn't that crazy i believe to have the foresight to know i that don't think he did it on purpose two. i think he's like i gotta tell these stories to set up what i want to do later and people are gonna hate that i'm doing it so I'm going to name the third episode this. And that's really that's, when it becomes The Watchmen. I know it does. And it's really incredible that, like I said, he's he had the foresight to do that, though. Like, he knew. I, I just hope that the like audience I, gave it credit and didn't bail. Because you look at the the, the scores, and they're still very low. The are they scores, really? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to look that up. But um, I don't know how, how quickly those change. Doesn't matter. IMDb has it as 7.6. Rotten Tomatoes has 97%. Yeah, look at the audience score, though. Uh, let me click on this if your internet works, and I will find it. But I mean, 97%. It doesn't work. It's the audience score is like 35%. Really? Yeah. On Rotten Tomatoes? Mm-hmm. But it has been since the very beginning. And wow, 48, yeah, 48%. Well, it's gone up then, big time. It was in the 30s. But the average tomato meter is 97%. It doesn't matter. This is going to take the um, Emmys, right? The Emmys by yeah. Storm, this show. It's gonna it's gonna win all the Emmys. 
I hope so. It's a very good that, uh, show. That and the Goldberg. Oh, and Ozzy Mandias is amazing in it too, even though you only see a few things of him. And geez, like the baby thing with pulling him out of the water. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons is a good freaking... He's just doing his own thing on this show, just off on his own, just acting. It is, too. It really is. That's a good description of him, because that's what it is. Like, it's a completely side I just mean the world in which he's inhabiting, not story-wise, just in his own brain. He is just in his own goddamn universe, that man. (laughs) He's just like, I don't even know if he knows the story or knows what show he's going into. I think he's just showing up in a room and they're like, be as over the top Broadway as you can be. And he's just like, they're like, hey, you're going to pull these babies out of this water and you're going to look at them. And you're gonna throw him back in the water and overact the shit out of that. He's <laughs> but like, in a good okay. way. Okay, yeah. He's like, I crookshanks. I can do that. Crookshanks, <laughs> rub my thighs. <laughs> yeah, that's. He's good. He trolls like, around in a bathrobe. Oh my god! Oh, it's freaking just scar! Amazing, amazing. But uh, it gets even better. So yeah, okay. check out that show. Um, another one I'll, I'll mention real quick, and then we can move on to our big movie review if we have time. Yeah, um, is I watched the whole season and the season finale of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the newest season. I oh, think really? Season Ten or so. I started it. Uh, I thought it was a phenomenal season. I really thought it was one of the best in a long time. I think they've been kind of on a lull for the last couple seasons. For no, sure. it's not ten, isn't it? Like. 13 maybe yeah i don't know i think it's 13 um but i thought this one was one of the better seasons they've had in a long time and i absolutely loved the season finale which is great i won't bring too much more up uh since you haven't seen it no i haven't i i the whole season finale is done the whole episode is done inside a laser tag arena and they're like grappling (laughs) they're using like laser tag as a metaphor for their lives it's great okay um, and it's just very funny. It's it just as far as like straight up comedy, that it's show, one of the best. You can't beat it without any real attachment or any storylines or anything like that. One of the best. It's just like a, I, w- I don't want to call it like a skit comedy, but it's just like one of the it, this is I would say right now, this is the best episode of comedy that I've ever seen, like a comedy show. Sitcom. It's a sitcom, right? Situational comedy. Is that what it no. is? No. No? What is it then? Um, well, it's definitely not a sitcom. It's, that's usually a multi-cam show in front of a studio audience okay. well, um, that's not with bad. a laugh track. It's a, it's a single cam comedy. Okay. Know. Well, either way, it's a comedic show. Yeah. You know, episodic show. The best episode I've seen is the Wade Boggs episode ever. Like where they're on a flight and they're doing, do you know what I'm talking about? So they do the Wade Boggs challenge where they say that Wade Boggs, he was a uh, infielder for the New York Yankees for many, many years. I think he played second base. Um, Just like me. Yeah. He was a second baseman. Me too. Uh, For the Yankees. Yeah. Oh, I was Boston. Oh, fuck you. Um, Anyway, he apparently could drink endless amounts of beer. And he drank, I can't remember what it was. It was a flight to from New York to yeah, LA, right? LA, Vegas yeah. Vegas and he drank maybe. like 72 beers, something like that. And it's like documented. Like this actually happened. Wade Boggs says it happens. Multiple teammates have said this happened. And then he went and played a baseball game the same day. 
So they try to do the challenge and they have uh they're wearing white shirts where they're marking down how many beers they drink on the flight and they're all drinking on this flight. And it's one of the most hysterical shows I've ever seen in my entire life because it's, and the, the entire episode happens on the coach section of the plane. It's like three seats. Yeah. And it's just them walking up. Well, that's how the season finale is. The whole thing happens in one room of the laser tag in the base of the laser tag thing. Yeah. And it's a great episode. Okay. I need to watch. I need to finish the season. I've seen. There's a ton of other great episodes in that season. I honestly, it's a, it's a pretty sure it's season 13. One of the best seasons in a long time. Um, yeah, that's it. So me and you both watched a movie recently. And we have. We would be remiss if we didn't review said movie. I agree. It's a so children's movie. Head into the unknown. <laughs> into the unknown. Uh, Frozen 2 is the movie we're talking about. A movie that I was super excited for. Um, <laughs> very excited for. Because the trailer looked amazing i thought man i can i mean i've heard you speak of this movie before and right directly after you had seen it like a day or two after you'd seen it and um we're on the opposite sides of the playing field here um well i didn't tell you anything about it until you after you saw it but no you haven't even told me anything about it since I saw it. So how do you know what side of the field I'm on? Because you directly said what side of the field you That's were on. That's what I'm telling you, but not until after you saw it. I didn't tell you anything before I used, you saw it. No, I, what had, I thought of it. I hadn't seen it at uh, Drinksgiving. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, I'm a fan of the first Frozen movie as far as I can be a fan of it. It's a good kids movie. Um, the music's really good. Yeah. It's a good story, but it's nothing like I'm crazy, a huge fan of by any means. Completely agree. And I didn't one. could care less about a second one coming out until I saw the trailers. Yes. And I saw the trailers. I'm like, well, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. The direction they're going with this movie. And I got really excited, especially having a daughter. Yeah. Cause I'm like, this is going to give her the ability to have a movie that feels like it's an entryway into kind of the superhero comic book universe. Yeah. Um, not definitely that, not that. that girls don't can't do that through the traditional channels that they have available to them. No, I'm just right. saying this is like something that she really likes, and I'm like, they're going this direction with it, and I'm excited that that's happening. Mm-hmm. So we went to see it. Um, we saw it in IMAX, actually, um, or GDX, I should say. GDX, Yorkville. Um, no. It's in Oswego. Oswego. <laughs> you got to go through Yorkville that's, that's to like get to NPX Oswego. in Yorkville. Yeah, they got another like name that. for it. Um, extreme. They call it the Extreme Theater. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll just say right off the gate, I was pretty disappointed. I thought, uh, I thought it was very um, hollow. Who are you? I feel like it didn't have a the stakes of the first one. There's really no main villain um it doesn't really have any stakes it doesn't really feel like a movie as much as it like feels like an episode of something it just if it it just kind of fizzles um it's got some amazing visual visuals and it's a very beautiful looking movie and then on top of that like the main thing about frozen is the music 
and it's got no really uh, redeeming music other than maybe one song. Um, the one where she's in the cave and she's got to get out of the cave. Yeah. That's pretty good. I feel completely on the other side of this. Really? Like 100% on the other side of this. I felt like the story was way more in depth and better than the first one. Like I felt like the first one compared to this is hollow. Okay. To where like, you know that this girl, like in the first one, you know that Elsa has these powers that have been hidden and then all of a sudden they come out and she leaves. Like that's it. That's the story. Yeah. And then you try to get her to come back. There's nothing else besides that. It's funny though. It's a pretty funny movie. This the second movie was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I had like some I feel good like moments. Olaf was funnier in this movie than he was the first one. Like when he was whole when he literally depicted the whole first movie to the that's really settler funny. people. That's like hilarious. That's I was actually laughing out loud in the theater. Everybody was. Yeah. And I, I thought the the music was great. You can you, you hold back the fact that they do an 80s like hair ballad like m- montage with uh Sven I don't even remember what you're talking about He sings a song he's singing a song in the woods and Sven it, the reindeer No what's the other guys then Kristoff uh, Kristoff yeah Oh, well, yeah. Sven's in it too. I thought Christoph, that was odd. Yeah, that. that oh my gosh, Kristoff singing a song, and it's like a montage, like an '80s ballad. Is that what they were going for? Absolutely, Christopher. Okay. Oh my gosh, well, you don't even get the yeah, movie. I guess. You don't get it. It's above you, apparently. Well, but he sings this song. The reindeer is is a backup singer. Yeah. During this song, they they do the whole like. Him leaning up against a tree with a big head, like fading in, like next to him, you know? Yeah. That is awesome. I guess I didn't get that's what they were going for, and I thought it was very odd. I thought it was awesome. I loved it. I was like smiling and leaning forward in my seat. Amy was like hitting me like, are you this into this? <laughs> and I was. Um, I thought the Into the Unknown song was phenomenal. Yeah, well, I'll get... I didn't think much of it at the time. I've heard it since now on the radio and stuff, I, and I like it more now. And, and that's I, how I felt about the other songs in right. the first one too. Like I didn't, they didn't grab me at first, and then the more you kind of see them. But the story itself, I feel like wrapped all of the movies together into one. They talk about their mom and dad, how involved they were into how their creation I was a hundred percent sure that they were going to bring them back. Like as they were still alive, and I'm then, glad they didn't go there. I'm completely glad they didn't go there. Cause I thought that too, when they found their ship, like yeah. the ship, I thought, Oh no, no, they're going to bring mom and dad back. Anyway. Um, I like the fact that Elsa has to do that on her own, you know, to begin with, like I have to do this because like it's literally about me to be to begin with. Like this the whole movie is about me. She doesn't say that, but like I'm the one who's hearing this voice. I need to go find it. I need to do this stuff. And she kind of pushes her sister off to the side because her sister's like super overbearing and I need to be I need to be there to save you, right? Like that's not the case. I can do this on my own. And then they tie it all together in the end where she does come to save her. But yet they both save each other. Like unknowingly, they both save each other. 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I think the story wraps everything together about why they are the way they are um, better than the first one ever did because the first one just opens it up and says, like, well, you have these powers. Yeah. Like, that's all you've got. I guess it, it, it does give a kind of a origin story yes. per se um and that's cool i guess but it's I, an origin but not going back in time here's a review that that characterizes how i felt about it the storyline felt overly forced and clunky it really did and um i don't agree the songs were fairly bland and forgettable i don't think so there is a really good scene where she's... I, I guess I haven't been singing them since I've seen the movie. I couldn't even but, remember one. But I didn't... Except for the except one for that you one. remembered and sang? Yeah, because I heard it today, literally. Yeah, but... The sky still, was listening to it on the Google Home. But you did remember one. Um, The one scene where she's in the cave and... She, and uh, Well, let's just say uh, spoilers. Elsa or Anna? Anna. Anna. Yeah. And people, there's some disappearing happening. That's a good scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil too much. Okay. Because people are like really into this um, movie, so I don't want to spoil it for them. But I don't know. Uh, I I could give it. I'll watch it again for sure. I thought there were certain aspects of it that I liked more than the first movie. I Again, I wasn't a huge fan of the first movie by any means. I think it's fine. Right. And... You know, it's one that I can watch and not be super annoyed by. But it, this one is definitely, I will say, like, a really gorgeous animation. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, Rotten Tomatoes has it as a 92% audience score. Yeah. What's the what's the critic score? 77. Yeah. Not that great. Do you go by critic score mostly? Yeah, usually. No, you don't. I d- we've we've had No, I usually go bought more by the critics. It just depends. We've had episodes of Snarf Talk where we've all said like critic scores are dog shit. Um no, I don't I don't think that. I don't I don't personally think that, but that's just me. I think they are. What do you think the time. first one got? I don't know. Uh for critics or audience? Uh critics. I will say the first one uh, Story-wise, probably isn't as strong as this one. However, the music is stand-up in the first one. Unbelievable music in the first Frozen movie. There was like two songs, I feel like, in the first Frozen movie that were good. Like, stand-out good. Do you want to build a snowman? One. Let it go. Two. Uh... The one, uh, dun, 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 and then I ran into you. She sings it with the, I've run my whole life of blood. The open doors? Maybe it's like the some... party talking or the chocolate fondue, but with you. Yeah, it's the one there. It's the one she sings I with the bad like guy. It. Yeah, and they're something about open doors. And they're running around in the castle. What about the one with like the trolls? That. That's a good one. The trolls one. What is that? Uh, 90% on the first Frozen song, uh, movie. Uh, critic score. 90% for yeah. critic score on the first movie? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I don't know. I like it a lot. I like the story about how, I mean, there's a lot of story there between the like the people, like two different people fighting each other over. It did feel like more like a a, a fantasy 
yeah. storyline, like a classic like uh, fantasy story. Whereas the first one doesn't feel like that, really. right? So no, it's I felt like the first one's very hollow because all they talk about is this one girl's power. She ends up showing it and then runs away. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it is a quick movie. The first one, it is very very fast. So that's the basis of the story, and then trying to get her back because she's technically the queen. This episode or this episode, this movie ties in like her power, somebody calling to her, but that person like calling to her is directly involved with like the the fog or whatever it is, like the shadow, the circle of magic that are holding these people in the forest that they have to come and basically rescue. It's kind of a cool concept. Um, and they don't even know that they need to be rescued. I don't know. Maybe you're convincing me more because as you talk. The people that are in that little cloud don't even know that they're in the cloud. They think that they're still fighting for something they need to be fighting for, even though like the people that they've been trying to save are dead. Right. You know, like they're just still doing the same thing over and over again because they're trapped inside this cloud of like evil or magic or whatever. And then Elsa's the only one to come and save her when in reality her sister's going to save her. Yeah. You know, Elsa has to go and do it on her own, which she's right. But at the end of the day, Anna ends up saving her. Right. But then Elsa comes back and saves where they need to live. Yeah. You know, like spoilers. I thought it was all tied in together really well. Yes. Complete spoilers. But I love it. I think the I I do think the music is good. It may not be quite as catchy or like poppy. It's definitely not as catchy or poppy as the first as the first one. Yeah. I agree. And maybe with that. Uh, you know, I've seen probably the first one a lot more than you. I can guarantee that. Yeah, probably. And Graham I, Graham's been watching it a lot since we had Disney Plus. He loves it. That's uh, why we went and saw Frozen Two because we're like, we're like Graham's gonna love this. Like we gotta go yeah. see it. That's the only reason why we. But went I've to seen it like see at it, so. Disney World at the live show right. like five times. Yeah, <laughs> which it's only like it's a very quick. It's only like a fifteen or thirty minute thing at Disney World, but. Here's a um, here's a review that I agree with. It says Frozen Two is more mature, ambitious, and intricate than its predecessor. I would agree with that. I definitely yeah. would agree with that. It's definitely uh, aimed at an older audience than the first one. Yeah, the first one is aimed at a very young audience. Yes, that's why it's hard for an adult to really watch it and connect with anything other than the great music um, or catchy music. I, I shouldn't even say great music, but yeah, I mean. Let it go. It's a good song. Literally changed the nation for a time. <laughs> yeah. Like that was something that everyone. It's still sung in our house a lot. Yeah. Talked about. There's, if you go to the Frozen show, which is at Hollywood Studios, um, they, it's a kind of a stage show, but they show movie clips. Um, when they do the Let It, uh, Let It Go song. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool, and then it starts snowing in the whole theater. It's pretty cool. Awesome. But I've seen it so many times now that it's <laughs> You're just unbearable like, to sit through it. really care about it at all. <laughs> um, so anyway, no, I, I'll, I'll give it another shot. So it's a, that's a 50-50 Snarf Talk review. Like yeah. I'm on one side and Chris is on the other, which isn't really too surprising. We are usually opposites of each other on most things. Well, I know, yeah. And a lot of like actual reviews of of the main movies that have came out this year, we've been opposite. Really? Like what else? Joker. Yeah. 
Okay. That's it. That's it. Yeah, you're right. right. Joker Um, and Frozen 2. Very similar movies, really. Very similar. When you you really bring it down. break it down to the actual nuts and bolts. I mean, just struggling humans that don't know how to control themselves. Well, they both have uh, people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And uh, they're both set in a setting. And they have to overcome a thing. Yeah, there's an obstacle. um, Where... You know, it's very political yeah. in both sense of the of the word. Yeah. You know. And uh they're all women. <laughs> yeah. Clowns. That's that's it. <laughs> We're done. All right. Well, anyway, um I guess it's worth a watch. I I would absolutely say it's worth a watch. I the funniest thing I ever I saw not ever saw. The funniest thing I saw in regards to that movie was a tweet. That somebody put out that said, uh, "Will I understand Frozen Two if I've only seen Frozen One five hundred and thirty-five thousand times in the last week?" <laughs> that's, that's pretty good because that is the way it is. I mean, Graham has watched it a lot lately. Yeah. He asks for it all the time. I will say that movie has been the go-to by my kids for the last three years. Three years since it came out, like every day. Yeah, they watch that movie every day. And not as much anymore, but and now it's like Jet. Jet wants to watch it, right? Absolutely, because he's seen the other ones watch it, and he thinks he needs. Cash to. never showed any interest in Frozen much, but Grady Sky was really, really into either. it. But he would watch it for sure. He would yeah. like it. He would watch it, but he was never really that into it. But Sky would watch it, and now Jet's really into it. He just walks around the house saying Elsa and Anna. Yeah, that's how Graham is. He's the only one that watches it, though. The other two don't care. Um, so real quick to wrap up the show, we've got we're at hour forty nine. Did you have more? No. Okay. That's all I guess. Just to wrap it up, there was a, a Joe Rogan podcast about um, a guy. If you haven't listened to it, you need to. I listened to it and I would love to talk about it. Glenn yes. uh, Villanueva. Yes, I'm listening to it currently, actually. Oh, really? But I f- I'm most of the way through it. I finished it the other day, um, basically in one day. Cause I listen to podcasts like at work, if I'm doing like computer work, yeah. I put the YouTube on in the background and I'm just doing my thing and listen to the podcast. And then if they say something that's like visual, I'll flip it over on my computer screen and see what they're talking about. But I listened to them like during the day. And so this guy was on a show that discovery put out called life below zero. Yeah. And, um, which I never saw. I never I, even heard of. To be honest. I had heard of it and I never watched it. It was right at the time where I was losing dish, like a satellite oh, right. dish. Mm-hmm. And then I went in the dark, you know, like with regular into the TV. unknown. Yeah. Into the unknown of TV. And I didn't get to watch any of that show. Well, he was on it. And the only reason he was on it is because he lived a certain way in Alaska. And it was a way he chose to live, which was completely off the grid. Like, uh, just basically like, 100% on his own. Like he parked his van and hiked 60, 60 miles, miles into the wilderness and just lived there. Now right. he kind of pre-set up a little camp there over the years. So a little backstory on this guy though. He, he didn't finish school. Didn't he, finish eighth grade. Right. And then, and he didn't get his GED or anything like nope. that. He's like, why would I ever need just that? Doesn't care. He doesn't seem unintelligent. So here's a comment. But he doesn't seem like super smart either. But here's a comment on the YouTube uh, 
video that I wanted to bring up because I say like or um all the time when we talk. And it said, this guy says he's uneducated below an eighth grade level. And in a three and a half hour podcast, he never says like or um one time. He's a very um, good speaker. Good storyteller. He doesn't, he, he, he comes across as sharp. I mean, yeah, he does sharp guy, but he's, you know, I'm just saying like, I don't think he comes off as like a savant or anything. No, but, but, but but reading that comment, it's probably because I read the comment that it stuck out to me. Right. So I read that comment and then it's stuck in my head the whole time. And he really doesn't. No, he doesn't. He never says, well, like, like, like this. I don't think we do that um, much either though. So I do. I feel like I do a lot. I've never noticed it, but he is so direct in the way he speaks and so confident in what he talks about because he should be. He does have a, an air of, uh, a real air of confidence about him that at times almost comes off as like, um, arrogant, almost arrogant, but but not. And then he always, but how could you challenge it? And it's just about the time when you're like, man, this guy seems like an arrogant prick. He backs, backs back away from that. And you kind of lose that. And so it's interesting. Yeah, he'll back away from it and say, well, well, that was my experience. Yeah. You know, like in that situation, this is how I reacted. He's like, but that may not happen to anybody else. And then he'll give you like a backstory as to like why it happened to him. And the only way this is happening to him is because of the area he is in. It makes like, no sense why anybody would want to live like this but this guy literally 60 miles completely on his own um in the far 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 north of alaska like he's saying from september to may yeah he said beginning of may it's basically frozen Frozen. i mean it's it's crazy cold so like no power eight eight months solid of uh winter and four months of spring basically so there's really no summer no said it's like four months of spring because the hottest it'll get is like 65 70 and he was a bush pilot he he taught himself to fly he went up there to be a bush pilot and so that's why he flew in like some supplies to this like camp that he had some plywood basically is it and that's how he scouted the areas flying a plane in uh to find the area but then he drove a van out and walked from the van to where he was going so basically like to live in the summer, he fishes, and um, in the most of the year, like as soon as September rolls around, it starts to get cold. As soon as you can freeze meat outside without it getting eaten by larvae and bugs, yeah. he went, goes out and shoots a moose or an elk or a caribou. Caribou. Caribou and no moose. Elk. Caribou is. and moose. One of those, he shoots those, and that's what he lives off of the rest of the winter, just eating everything from the antlers to the bones to the Here. brains to the... Here's what threw me for a loop. He talked about so many different things about eating stuff that blew me away. He said, uh, he started talking about um, caribou antlers. Yeah. And he said, he's like, oh, yeah, you can eat their antlers. He's like, when they're really young, he's like, and they're just like a spike where, you know, a little bit of antlers growing. In the spring and they when still they're have, velvet. Yeah, and they're still in velvet. He's like, you can cut those off tear the velvet off he's like and then the bone inside's like a pickle yeah it's like it's soft you can eat it it's like a pickle it's like it's great he's very in love with caribou loves everything about them thinks it's the greatest meat of all time but then he started talking about pickling meat inside of a caribou stomach oh i haven't got to that part yet then holy smokes yeah 
he because Joe asks him about like uh, vegetables or if he eats any sort of greens or anything like that, and he said there's berries. Uh, Berries and lichen around. Lichen's like a little. It's like a mushroom type of moss, right? It's um, like moss, right? Yeah, but he said it's very abrasive, so you can't like humans can't just eat that off the ground, right? He so it'd you, be like eating grass. You can't do it. Can't digest it. So he said once a caribou eats it and it goes into their stomach, the first stomach, then you can eat it because a caribou is like a, a ruminant animal, so it's like a cow. They have four stomachs. I did not know that. Is so, it deer? It is a type of deer. But are deer, do they, are they ruminants? I guess I don't know. I don't know either. But it is a type of deer. Yeah. So are moose. So, yeah, they are. But anyway, he said it goes in the first stomach. He's like, and once it's in that first stomach, it gets broke down. It gets a lot softer and you can eat it. So he said he's eaten so many stomach contents of caribou to get some sort of vegetation into <laughs> him which is unbelievable to me. Yeah. He's talking about eating stomach contents. And then he said, and he doesn't like make any gestures of like, this is strange no. or, you know, Joe, Joe shows like shock, like, Oh my gosh, you're eating stomach contents. And he's just like, well, yeah, of course. Like I have, I had to do that in order to get some diversity in my food. It's so weird though. Like his wife was out there with him. They had a baby. Kids. They had yes. kids. He had kids out there, and like he mentions one point, um, they were basically starving. They had very little food, and he says he's like, there was never a day went by we didn't have something to eat, but yeah. it was never enough. And some one time they had nothing to eat. Basically, he couldn't find any caribou, and um, they had their infant newborn baby out there, and he's like, what about the baby? And he's like, well, the baby's That's nursing. Fine. Yeah. He's like, well, what about your wife? He's like, <laughs> ex-wife. Oh, she ate some. She ate some things. It's crazy. That they is just basically lived off about. of uh, meat. Meat I mean, all the time. And then so he starts talking about pickling meat in a caribou stomach. And he said you can. Because they didn't have, he didn't have like vinegar. I mean, he said they brought nothing. some foods, food supplies. So he said he was like, cut a slit open in the stomach and he'd take back straps or any type of meat and he'd stuff it into the stomach. And close it back up. He said it had to be a certain temperature. If it was too cold, it wouldn't work. If it was too hot, it would rot. He's like, but if it was a certain temperature, he was like right around like 40, 45 degrees, and you left it in there for like a week, it would pickle the meat. And he's like, you he's like, you had to leave it to where it would go through the whole meat. So the, on the outside, it will start turning brown. He's like, you want it to turn brown all the way through. He said, not gray, but brown. And then he said he'd pull it out and he'd just slice little bits off. He's like, oh, so good. <laughs> like, how do you, f and the way he figured it is because he talked to a lot of local people that lived in the area. And there are other people that have done this yeah. their entire lives. Yeah. Which is just insane to me that, to think like in our day and age, people have lived that way. Like not just saying like, oh, my great, great grandpa told me stories or told my grandpa stories of this or, you know, like hearing it down the line of your family. No, it's like saying there are elders in this village that have lived this way. Yeah. He's choosing to, but other people were forced I, to. What I can't figure out is why. Why does he want to live like this? And it's not clear because he doesn't seem like, he doesn't he, come across as like crazy or... 
a loner. I think it's just like such a love for the outdoors to be honest. Yeah. Because he said when he was 12 years old, 13 years old, he walked to Canada from Connecticut. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a crazy story. It's definitely worth listening to. Um, At one point later on in the episode, I just wanted to touch on real quick is that, and it just blew me. This was another thing that just blew me away about this certain podcast because he says, and it's just so nonchalant. He's talking about moose colon. And all of a sudden he says, he's like, oh, oh, Joe. And he like gets all postured and he's like, let me tell you. He's like, if you ever want to eat moose colon, this is how you eat moose colon. Like this is a normal topic of discussion. And he starts telling you, he's like, he's like, you cut it out. Once you cut it out, he's like, turn it inside out, wash it real good. He's like, once you get it turned inside out and washed, he's like, you can slice it thin in rings and fry it. He's like, it's like frying calamari or like an onion ring. Sure it is. It's cartilage. He's like, you fight it, you, you fry it in fat. It's so good. And Joe just keeps saying like, what is that? What could that be like? He's like, I don't like fat. He's like, but what does it taste like? And he keeps saying like fat. He's like, uh, Joe wants more. Like Joe wanted more explanation than that. Right. But the guy's just like, no, that's, that's all it is. Right. Because he has nothing else besides that. And I don't know. It was just, I think it was really hard for Joe to figure out that it was so basic, like so incredibly basic that there was nothing more than just saying like, no, it felt like just eating fried fat. Yeah. And that was it. He has some great stories too about um, wolves. Wolves, yeah. So like living with wolves and competing with wolves, and um, you know he he'd follow. This one time he followed a wolf after a kill and actually stole the caribou from him twice. He said twice. Yeah, crazy. And he, he was talking about how um, how there's like no such thing really as wolf attacks. There's only ever been like two in modern history. Yeah, um, it's just really rare. And I thought it was interesting because he brought up a point, uh, Joe, and Joe says, uh, well, how is that How is that possible? How do they know to fear humans up there where they don't encounter humans? He's exactly. Like, he says, I think it's built into their DNA. And I think I I personally, I've listened to the theories of like DNA um, memory. Memory, yes. And I think there's a lot of evidence for it. Um, they're doing it. No, yeah. they're, they're literally storing information in DNA. Right. Like in... in All animals. No, I mean like like scientists are storing information in DNA and can re, re, like retrieve that information back from it. Yeah, like they've been doing studies on it and have achieved that. Yeah, which blows my mind. Yeah, that I, you can do that, man. I just I think it's so crazy. And he even brings it up. He's like, you know, listen, like there's people that do this with did, did this without rifles. Yeah, there's people that did this without. I'm sure by the standards of us what he's doing is complete insanity insanity but he still probably has lighters and yeah uh, flour that he brought from the store you know even having like a standard like flint that you could buy off amazon i'm sure he has gear you know he's got he's got sub-zero 40 below zero sleeping bags And, and he did have things flown into him yeah oh yeah for sure not very much. No. I mean, and, uh, you know, he, he wasn't living out there for like 10 years straight. Like he would be, there was one time, I think the longest like, he was out there was like 
17 months, I think. Is yeah, what he said 17 or 18 just months. over a year, yeah. maybe a year and a half. Um, but most of the time, you go way, there for like three or four months and then go back and work a little and do stuff like that. Tell anybody in our area or anybody that you know to even live in their backyard for that long without anything, you know what I mean? Like, to even live even, in your house for that long without anything, yeah, it's just not possible. Like, I could go in the back of my house in the pasture and and like on the other side of the trees, there's deer live there all over the place. They're running around all over. Like if I had to just hunt for my sustainment, I would die. No, not with a rifle. You'd be flush with deer with a rifle. Maybe, but I don't think I could do it for 17 months. But do it without refrigeration. That's what I mean. Like I don't think I could do it for 17 months and like sustain myself yeah. 100%. Like out of the elements, like he immediately built a cabin. He immediately got out of the elements. He immediately had food. He like did these things as a, as, as what society would call a very uneducated man. Yeah. Even though he's self-educating and he talks about always wanting to learn more. He's like, I love learning. I love teaching myself things and reading stuff. And he did all the time. He just didn't do the, you know, like the, what would it be called? Like the the normalized education. Yeah, which is fine. I, I don't think there's a lot. There's a lot of fluff in absolutely. normal education that's yeah, just not absolutely. necessary for I, or vital for survival. He but, learned how to fly a plane. I can't fly a plane. Yeah, I'm gonna start know? taking uh, pilot lessons this year. By the way, good idea. If you want to join in, I do. Can. Let's I do it. To. I want to fly planes. One of our mutual friends just finished. Uh, he just soloed, and it makes me really jealous. I want to do it. I know. Me too, because I've witnessed all of his flying on yeah. Snapchat, and I'm the perfect size for any of these planes. <laughs> like, perfect. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to do I'm going to start in this winter, if you want to start it with me. Okay. Because that's going to go over real well with my wife, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to bring up any stories, but there's some stories. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, I thought it was great. It was a great example of the perfect podcast medium because you could go watch that show, and I'm sure the show is interesting. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's great. But there is something that you can get from a three this three-hour discussion that is profoundly entertaining. Yes. And it's the only way that you can do that. Um, it's the only medium, unless you're reading a book, a novel. Yeah, it, that, it felt like it. To it me. did. It felt like that, but this is better because it felt like it's reading m- the hatchet, more interactive, all over again. and Gary Pulse. There's somebody that can, on the fly, um, adjust by asking questions, which is Joe Rogan does, and he's very good at it. Probably you know better what? than anybody right now at uh, asking informed. You. Interesting questions. I agree with you, but I felt like this, honestly, I felt like this episode, he was v- behind the ball Yeah, on a lot of it because some of the, and you'll, you'll hear it like the later on in the episodes as you get, but he starts asking questions that are just ridiculous. Like, uh, the Glenn guy starts talking about caribou a lot, like at the end and about, uh, echo hunting. He start he called it echo hunting. So out on the lake, you can like, yell at certain corners of the lake and it'll bounce back and make the caribou run towards you because it's hearing they're hearing the sound in front of them even though you're behind them so he demonstrates that 
like in a video and they talk about it and he's literally within 20 feet of the caribou and they're like the whole herd is running by him because he's doing this type of hunting and his wife at the time was videotaping it and thought like you're going to be trampled like you're going to be trampled by these caribou because he was getting so close never killed one because he was just demonstrating it but that's how he would hunt them out on this lake and joe kept saying he he keeps talking about herd of caribou like i've got so there was this 800 he's like i think there was about 800 head of caribou out on this lake he's like a herd of them kept saying a herd and joe says what what are they he's like what do you call them a pack is it a pack and he said no i heard <laughs> after he had said that word like 30 times and then joe asks if it's called a pack like you hunt all the time. Why are you asking if it's a pack of caribou? <laughs> I thought that was ridiculous. There was a few times where I was like, Joe, come on, man. Yeah. Like, just let the guy talk. Well, whatever. But I don't even like, he's so engaging to listen to. I don't even yeah. really, he, I can't even point out one thing that Joe said because this guy talks 90% of it. Right. Um, but it that was, was interesting. The, the only one that really stuck out to me. I was like, what are you asking him? I do think like it's interesting to me that um, there's like hunting is this big thing, but like the reality is like the rifle is like a perfect weapon. Yes. But yet we we all find these other ways to hunt mm-hmm. because I guess they're more sporting or they're more challenging, and they are. But if you're well, surviving, thing. Yeah. you're not going to do that with the bow and arrow. And he says that. Yeah, he does say that. He says that to Joe because Joe talks about, like, why didn't you bring a bow? He's like, I'm not going to survive with a bow. He's like, I, I'm i going to bring a rifle because it's what I can guarantee a kill with. I wonder what rifle he uses. It was a Ruger something. He talks about it. Well, what what caliber? Uh, 30 at 6. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That's what you'd want. Yeah, absolutely. Or a three hundred eight. You or could 308, do a three hundred eight. Three hundred eight or thirty. He had a thirty out six. Three three six. He said it's the only. It was the very first rifle he ever bought, and it's the only one he's ever used to kill a large game animal with. He said he's had another rifle before, but the only one he's ever killed a large game animal with to survive off of has been with that one rifle. Don't, I don't That's think uh, a 308's got the. Um Stopping power for a large animal than a 30 out six does. Yeah, it can shoot the same amount of distance. It just doesn't have like as flat of a pattern, and there's yeah. a lot to it. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about guns in a f- future episode because I was just talking about with one of our uh, listeners, and uh, I have a little bit of a wish list. My my collection's complete except for about two. Really? Yeah. We'll talk about it off air and bring it up again. Okay. We've reached our time, Christopher. So I would say go back. If any of you listen to Joe Rogan, if you don't listen to Joe Rogan, it's you good, should. If you don't listen, this is a good introduction. It is. The guy is, it really is like listening to a book yeah. because this guy talks about his life and how he ended up being on a uh, reality TV show that he didn't even know what that was. He didn't know what reality TV was at the time. A guy told him like, hey, email this guy because they might want to talk to you. He did that, and when he emailed him, he said, I only have a satellite phone that I check very periodically, and leave me a message. And it was like eight months later, he ended up getting a message, and then Discovery Channel is there filming him. Yeah. And that's it. It's crazy. So it's really interesting. Check it out. All right. For Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. 
and I'm Jerry. See ya.